Blog Talk Radio. Season, 
you were um, you were so amazing because I have to kind of take. I've been so busy with lots of life shit that I've had to take a back roll of actively booking press passes and guests. And uh, you you really filled that gap, Raven. And I really really appreciate it. Uh, and everyone everyone stepped up to the plate. But Raven, you you snagged us some choice ass uh, directors and actors last year. And thank you for that. And please listen to those shows. They're great. Last season was amazing. Yeah. We had uh we had actually a pretty really good guest almost at least once a month. I mean we had Dean Bahar and Will Keenan from the trauma movies and Joshua Hall of Slapface and Glorious and uh, can you believe Glorious and Slapface almost made my top ten? And they we had, right on. And we had and we had someone related to them that shit to that movie, both those movies on the show. It's so cool. Um, you know, so, you know, it, it's awesome. And, of course, I had, I cannot do this show without my oldest person to be on the panel here. Um, it started in what we Ouch. call the LA. <laughs> well, it's true. Oldest in many ways. I won't go there. Uh, but, you know, but it started out that he was my L.A. correspondent because he was always in Phillies going to every motherfucking thing that he can go to that has to do with yeah. comic books, media, Disney, you name it, geeking out, it's his game, Midsummer, Scream, <laughs> and all of that. And then eventually he became a regular on the show, and I can't do this show without him. My partner in crime in Orange County, the warlock himself. Please welcome to the show, Aaron Kogan. How you doing, sir? Welcome back to Sexy Witches. I am doing fantabulous. Uh, happy Burns Night to everyone. I'm going to be enjoying a Burns Supper this weekend with friends. But I am starting this evening with a lovely single malt from Speyside to celebrate nice. Rabbi Burns. Nice. Good health to y'all. I guess it was appropriate that I led off with This is Life by David Byrne. Right? Yeah, you know. Good choice. Yeah, well, it also happens to be uh, nominated for Best Song and from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which I think, I have a feeling we're going to be discussing that movie a a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, So, Raven, yeah. I know you. I know you've been distracted, but were you able to catch the Oscar nominations? Yes. Yes. Quite I interesting. Was, oh, what's going on? I wasn't able to watch them live, so. No, me you, I watched it. Did anybody watch the actual broadcast? No. I usually do, but I was stuck in Georgia traffic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, I just noticed since we've kind of coalesced in Atlanta and L.A., we kind of have a running theme of the country's shittiest traffic on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> to be its own podcast. Probably is. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Oh, my God. And, geek and stuck geek. in cars. I like it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, getting a geek stuck in cars. Actually, I think that is a billion dollars. You can monetize that shit. That's that's, oh, that's, yes. that's our spinoff. Oh, fuck theory. yes. I said it first, so I'm claiming it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Same cast, different title. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're, we're already off the rails. Excellent. We still represent the two largest film film industries in the United States. Very true. So, uh-huh. so Very true. That's and going on. As you say, um, Oscar season is well started. I guess uh, three weeks ago with ballots going up, but uh, man, it is in full swing. If you are in the Los Angeles area, uh, you cannot escape ads, radio, TV, billboard. Uh, as we've said before, LA is a company town, and it's it's definitely Oscar season, yo. And once again, I want to just say, you know, I they I keep going. You know what? This year they're going to prove me wrong. They're going to do something daring and bold, and and no, they still don't mm. do it. Even though I am somewhat satisfied with some of the nominees, we'll get into that in a minute. But you know, <laughs> Ampis is still the old fo- the old fogies, just like on um, the Capitol Hill are holding on with their cold dead hands to <laughs> the old ways. And we're still not getting the variety of films and nominees that we should be getting at the end of the year. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. right now, I, I would say the Independent Spirit Awards is more reflective of what America is, is you know, interested in than, than the Oscar at this point. Except for, you know, yeah, but this, you know, it was interesting, though. I They don't usually do blockbusters, and there was at least two blockbusters in the in that yeah. picture this year. Which is an yeah. unusual thing. So, but but also, once again, as you said, Aaron, it's an industry town, and those two movies in particular were industry films. You know, so Very. Yeah. yeah. So there's that going on. Um, but before we get into the Oscar nominations, uh, I want to give the ground for five minutes to Nathan. Uh, we went to. Oh. By the way, we, we went to. We went to see Skinamarink last night. Lord. That hmm. was a weird, weirdly weird movie. I, I don't, I, I could probably, I don't, I'm not going to review it here, but because it's not really reviewable. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was a weird, that was a really weird movie to see with a crowd in a theater. Yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, I'm glad I saw it in a theater in a sense that it was such a out there film to be in a theater and released in a major came but it weird movie anyway it, it, it it's it's a weird movie we'll talk about it on another episode <laughs> um <laughs> but when we left um we got the horrible news that uh, one of the best wrestlers not only in oh. his lifetime but ever was killed in a car crash in delaware yeah. uh, that night and that was uh i i can't pronounce his real name it's uh, yummy i think it is is it Yamin Nathan, his real Some, name? Something, something, I'm not exactly sure because I've never heard him called by his real name. Yeah, they've only been using his real name since he passed, but uh, we all know him as Jay Briscoe, who is the one half of Dem Boys, the Briscoe Brothers, which had their, the most amazing year last year. Like, they were, you know, they, they, they them and the FTR from AEW were just nailing it um, in Ring of Honor. And, and I'm going to let Nathan talk about this because – the entire wrestling community is in mourning. Even WWE set, said something on their show, and as we speak, AEW's headliner tonight is his brother, the other half of the tag team, the Briscoes, 
um, in the headline match with Jay Lethal, who was also in Ring of Honor with Jay, with, with Jay, Jay and Mark Briscoe. Uh, so uh, and AEW did an hour-long tribute that's going to be released in the next week or so. Uh, so it, it's a pretty big deal. So Nathan, why don't you talk about why everyone is, besides being in a state of shock because of the suddenness of it, why Jay Briscoe meant so much to so many people. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, and I've been a fan of Jay Briscoe since I first saw him back in CZW when he had just turned 18 and his brother was managing him because he wasn't old enough to wrestle on the card yet. And they were there from day one in ring of honor. And they've been one of the kind of lost arts of the last 20 years in wrestling is tag teams. Like you think back all the great tag teams in the eighties, you know, with the, you know, the road warriors and the midnight express, the rock and roll express, all those guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like tag team wrestling used to be a big deal and it's really yeah. fallen off. But in the last few years, you've had teams like FTR teams like the young bucks, you know, come out and, you know, really kind of pick up that flag and run with it. But the Briscoes never dropped it. Like ever since, you know, they stepped in the first, in the ring for the first time as a tag team 20 years ago. Yeah, Jay did single stuff. Jay was a two-time world, you know, ROH world champion. But they've done single stuff. But as a tag team, they are untouchable. They are in my top three of all time, dead or alive. They're amazing. And, like, athletically they're amazing, but they knew how to tell a story. They knew how to get the crowd in the palm of their hands and take them wherever they needed to go. It's to watch a – for example, their trilogy with FTR last year, that isn't so much just watching wrestling as that is wrestling as theater. Like it's a tale told in three parts that told entirely through fight scenes, which would be impossible to, you know, for most actors to do, but these guys pull it off and just have you on the edge of your seat the entire time. And it's, it's, it sucks. Cause you know, I, I of course am mourning, him as a big fan and, you know, getting to see him, but he was a son. He was a husband. He was a father. He was, you know, all kinds of things and a mentor to a lot of people in the wrestling business. And, so, and not to mention that his daughters were also in the car with him. Yeah, and, as, far, um, as, far, as far as we know, they're both okay. He, he did not have his seatbelt on, but th- those two were strapped in correctly. He made sure his daughters were good to go before he, yeah, like, that's, that's one thing everyone has said over and over in all the tributes you hear is just what a great father he was. And man, I'm, I heard you shout out what you were drinking earlier. I'm drinking a uh, Starlight Distillery bourbon whiskey aged in port barrels, which is excellent. Ah, and so I am raising it, it to the sky and saying, Jay Briscoe, long lived them boys, man. Right on. There, yeah, there everything were, I'm I've not... seen online, everyone on uh, Twitter who knew him is just talking about what a, an exceptional human being he was as well as how much fun it was to wrestle with him and how he was one of the best that they ever worked with. I, everyone who's talking about him is saying the same. Now there is, there is some controversy. I'm not going to get into details about it here, but when it comes to, he, he did something where he said something he shouldn't have in on a tweet, which, you know, 10 years ago, so yeah, he shouldn't have said it, but he he apologized. And he, and he, he has since said he was misguided in what he said and done yeah, everything and, he can to make amends and, for it. 
and let me say some of the people on Twitter that came out to to give him honors and defend him when this went down because Warner Brothers didn't want him on AEW because of it. Um, if they forgive him, then I forgive him because if they I'll, they have no issues with it, I'm not going to have any issues. With I'll it. say I'll say this. I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. yeah. He ten years ago he said something on Twitter that was rather homophobic. He has hmm. since then said, you know what, I. I, you know, I didn't see things back then the way I see things now. Now I get that that was a dumbass thing to say, and I'm sorry if I hurt anybody. And what mm. a lot of people have held on to that, and really been like, no, nah, fuck this guy. He doesn't, you know, don't let him on TV because he's, you know, said that back then. But, oh. but that they wouldn't even let. They had to kind of him and Hall over whether or not they were going to let them do a tribute on the show to him because of that. But oh, God. there's there's a, re- a wrestler by the name of Effie, who is. A one, and I mean this in the most literal sense of the world. He is the gayest wrestler there is. Like he is as out, like he is as out, proud, and making it part of the show as possible. Nice. He, he, and, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing, and he even runs his own promotion during WrestleMania Day. Nice. Yeah, he does, and his yeah. promotion his promotion is mainly a big fundraiser to help. You know, uh, young, you know, gay kids who have been kicked out of their homes. So I mean, he's, he's, a, he's he's really you know for the cause and everything. And his tweet, because you know everyone was you know you still hear those murmurs of oh, homophobic tweets and all. And he he tweeted out that Jay showed me respect when everyone said he wouldn't. He was a pleasure to work with. Like just talking about what mm-hmm. a great, not just a great athlete or wrestler he was, but what a great person he was. So yeah, he was if, also if, 23 when he said that. Yeah. I said some dumb <laughs> shit in my twenties. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, so I'm just agree. so what I'm saying is if if someone that identified with the cause of queer equality in wrestling saw through that and saw Jay for who he really was, then I don't see why there's any reason to continue to hold anything against his name. So. And apparently Warner Brothers has relented because, as I said, they're allowing uh, a tribute to him tonight. They even cut a promo reel um, memoriam that we just watched. We watched the first hour. And I just, I just want to say it's, it's a courageous move of his brother to wrestle tonight. It is. Cause I, 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 I remember, when, wow. I remember when, when my brother died, I wasn't back at work in a week. And, right. I, and I hadn't worked with my brother every day for 20 years of our adult lives. I mean, that, they were never – Apart, they were they literally still worked on the family chicken farm when they weren't wrestling. You know, they were, you know, the real deal. And They're from Delaware, by the way. And what, so. and what <laughs> to add another little extra kick in the nuts? Uh, Jay died the day before Mark's birthday. Mm-hmm. So I mean, here, big ups to Mark for getting back on the horse and going back out there and honoring his brother's memory. Because I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Uh, I told Nathan about Jay, Jay and Mark. It's not just losing a brother. It's like losing your reflection. Yeah. yeah. It really is. You know, I can't even imagine. And, I, you know, so, uh, we, there's plenty of tributes out there. We can't do this justice. Uh, keep an eye out for the ROH tribute. Uh, it's an hour long, and it's either – they said that it will probably not be behind a payoff. Uh, paywall on honor club and it will be also posted on their ring of honor youtube channel so uh so keep an eye on that and uh 
you know, we lost a lot of people in the break. Um, a lot of famous people passed. Even today, we had someone pass today. Uh, yeah, Lance uh, Kerwin. Yeah, Lance Kerwin is a child actor, and he did all sorts of stuff back in the day. What was his most famous thing? Yeah, I just, like, forget. Silver, I remember, the James Silver Bullet. James Silver? 16. James 15 and Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot, not Silver Bullet. Salem's, Salem's Lot. Lot. Sorry. Yeah, I'm getting my Stephen King's yeah. mixed up. In one of the most iconic scenes in a vampire film ever, so um, yes. you know. But we lost, we lost quite a it, like 2023 has just been you know hitting us with some god smacks. But we lost we lost Jeff Beck season. since last we spoke. Yeah. I know, right? Oh and yeah. hardly anybody noticed that we lost Jeff no. Beck, and and uh, and Julian's has been missing for eleven days. I know, and uh, 13 yeah. now, there was an update today, actually, I posted it, and they still don't know where he is, but they're presuming he's dead, uh, yeah. so it's pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we're going to need 2023 to pump the brakes a little. Yeah. yeah and I, just so. personally, I had two friends die yesterday, and oh. that makes my third since the 1st of January. Damn. It's like, what the heck? Give us a break. We oh, haven't so even sorry. started. My condolences. Thank you. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, stop killing. It's like, everyone stop dying for five seconds, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you call a moratorium on dying? I think so. Okay. <laughs> that takes a holiday. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. I mean, yes. since since. It's only it's the 25th of January. There's been 30 mass shootings. Uh, yeah. Where the, where a mass shooting is defined as four more people injured or dead, not counting the shooter himself themselves. Um, yeah. The the lead singer of Three Six Mafia. Di- oh no, I'm sorry. The female. Uh, uh, yeah. Female Gangsta performer yeah. of Three Six Mafia passed. Um, we lost the drummer to Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah. we lost so many people. Uh, I was like, you know, it just, it just like all is people are. I mean, it's winter. People drop like flies in the winter, but uh, you know, still, you know, yet I still get sad every time uh about uh, Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher. I always, uh, Carrie Fisher. Uh, every time, She's finally getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. Oh, about time. Yeah, that's definitely I mean, overdue. I can't believe how many people have passed recently. I yeah, mean, this episode I'm, took I, an incredibly dark turn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, all right. Well, let's talk about living people and nominations. We should be. And let's make it a little happier. But anyway, 2023, get be- do better. Do better. We, we, you know, <laughs> I still have faith in you. Because I have to sell my house this year, so you have to do better. So, <laughs> you know, absolutely do better. Um, so let's go ahead and start with overall feelings about this Oscars. I already mentioned that I thought, once again, okay, uh, Oscar movies are going to be Oscar movies. Um, they didn't do very well in the theaters. Well, most of the movies in, that were Oscar bait this year did not perform well. Which I find interesting. Uh, you know, you know, sometimes they'd be sequestered to, uh, you know, a festival and no one saw it, like Birdman, for example. But uh, right. um, 
So, but how do you guys feel about overall about this year's nominees? I think there was a few nice things, but I wasn't like, wow, this year. <laughs> I love that everything everywhere all at once straight cleaned up. Nine, yeah. nine nomination and it leaves the pack. That's actually the best thing. I agree. So Yeah. I thought it was 11. It's, I think it's 11. 11. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm Maybe sorry. My bad. No, 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 no. You guys are no. no you guys. I am, yep. I am the wrong one. You can, you can fire me later, okay? I am over the moon about all the love being given to uh, everything everywhere all at once. I am also particularly pleased with the choices uh, uh, the Academy made for animated feature film this year. Uh, I, I love every choice that they made, actually. Two so, of them made yay. my top ten. Two of them made my top ten. I won't tell nice. you two. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll wow. get to that later. Um, let's start, let's go right quickly to the categories. And, and I'm just going to, we can just give a, we don't have to go through every nominee and talk about their performances, but I just wanted to give shout outs to the standouts for like, when it comes to genre, like any people that we are genre related, like Bill Nye, he, he got his first nomination for living. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, he's a definitely, uh, you know, a film geek. Film geeks are fans, huge fans of Bill Nighy. So it's nice to see him on this list. Um, I still think it's going to possibly go to Brendan Fraser with maybe a dark horse for Austin Butler. Um, I don't see Colin Farrell or Paul Mescal pulling this out. I don't know about you guys. I agree. I think As we talked yeah. about offline, the Academy traditionally doesn't just hand out awards for the performance that year, but also for a body of work. And yeah. Brendan Gleeson, pretty fucking amazing. Um, I did actually really like him in uh, Banshees. Uh, and uh, I, I don't has anyone else seen Banshees of Inna Sharon? Not yet, yeah. but... Um, I have not. I have not. But, okay. Um, um, Regal just announced they're releasing all the best picture nominees in the theaters till Oscar time for six bucks. Well, in the movie, he is the musician, and uh, he actually composed music that they used in the movie. And that's pretty effing cool. So in addition to his performance, he he kind of really gave it his all. So uh, I I would not be sad at all if he won. Well, I love Brendan Gleeson. Once again, he's definitely genre-related. I mean, you know, of course, 28 Days Later wouldn't have been anything, you know, but he's done so much more. And he's been in the Oscar Best Picture before. He was in uh, Braveheart. So, you know, he, he, he yeah. he's definitely overdue to have, like, I can't even believe this is his first nomination, to be honest with you. But I, I, think, this whole category, I think Best Supporting Actor might be or the strongest of the acting categories because – It'll either go to him or it's going to go to Ki-Hu Kwan, who won the Golden Globe for Everything Everywhere all at once. And who doesn't fucking love Short Round? Like, that Short Round is Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No time for love, Dr. Jones. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> awesome. But, you know, but you got you got two Band Chief and Insurance nominations. And Judd Hirsch is in there three. for good measure, right? Three. No, three. Uh, um, you know, the, the one young gentleman who is its very first thing, who answered a fucking ad in a window, and uh, you know spent uh, what was it, 
13 years in 16 different orphanages. That's a story. Jesus. It's amazing. Like, I have to go see it. Because, you know, I lived in Bruges. So, actually, it was one of my earlier screeners when I first started doing film reviews was in Bruges. So, all right. So, let's move on to actress in the leading role. And we all know that it's going to come down to one or two people in this category. It's either going to go to Kate Blanchett or Michelle Yao with a possibility uh, of Michelle Williams bringing up the rear. Michelle Williams and Kate mm-hmm. Blanchett already have statuettes. Give it to fucking Yao, you cowards! <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't seen The Fablemans, but I understand uh, Michelle Williams is not in the movie a lot. She's got you know, relatively little screen time. So she's actually a supporting role, but they gave her an acting nom because she's really good. Because, and she's the only, you know, major female in the film, I'm guessing, which, Uh, again, Oscar has done that more than once before, you know, someone who's in the movie for for four minutes and boom, let's nominate you. Which doesn't mean that her work isn't probably fabulous. It's just, you know, the calculation that the people make when they – do their awards and nominations. So, anybody else uh, before we move on to uh, Best Supporting Actress? So, I'm going to move on to that. Um, I watched Wakanda Forever last night. I think we've all seen the movie now, right? No. Yep. No! Yes. Raven still hasn't seen it, but three out of four of us have seen it. Um, Angela Bessett uh, got, is the first uh, person nominated in an acting role for a uh, Marvel film. So it's got a little bit of history going on there. Um, but yep. she suddenly also became the front runner because it's Angela fucking Bassett. Uh, you know, uh, but honestly, as much as I love Jamie Lee Curtis in there, and I really, really, even more than Michelle Yao, want to see Stephanie Hugh win for everything, everywhere, all at once. I think she's the most underrated performance of the year and had one of the hardest performances of the year. And no one's talking about how great she was in that movie. And as much as I love Michelle Yao, she's fantastic in the movie. Pretty much everyone's great in that movie. Stephanie mm-hmm. has the hardest part because her character is much... She had to give one of those orphan black dollhouse type performances where you're literally changing character with every friggin' line. It's like being Aladdin and being Robin Williams, but being a real person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... it's it, Toughest role, tough role. You're a multiverse in your own body. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. It's it's so she was so good in that. I don't know if anybody else agrees with me, but I will die on this hill that she deserves this win. I thought it, I thought she was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would not I be sorry to see her get it, but I'm a big Jamie Lee Curtis fan. Oh, and, and you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset. I thought she was great. If Sausage Fingers wins, that'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but you know, I, I look, I cannot take away from Jamie Lee Curtis. It's fucking Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, but yep. you know, an, a, an Oscar win is not going to do Jamie Lee Curtis' career one way or another, or Angela Bassett. 
But Stephanie, mm. who, who also is in one of my favorite TV shows, The Marvelous Maisel, which I remember panning oh. on this show initially, but then I started watching it, and it's fantastic, and she's in it now. So, you know, two seasons. So I, it's I, I'm rooting her on. So, all right, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this one to Aaron first because he already made a mention of it. Animated feature. Let's go. Oh man, what a great effing field, right? Um. I, I mean, my personal favorite, and they're, as I said, all really, really good. But Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, like Guillermo del Toro's body of work, his oeuvre, if you will, is fucking multi-layered and dealing with some deep shit, not just what's on top. And it's sublime and philosophical and goddamn what a good film. And the animation's great. And the song is really good, even though Academy's not going to give it love. Uh, the Sea Beast was tremendous. Uh, it, it might be a little uh, reminiscent of How to Train Your Dragon a bit much, but I don't care. Uh, the animation was great. The word I'd use. <laughs> yeah, okay, great you might have a point there. But you know what? Um, in the grand scheme of things, with the theme of it all, uh, that didn't really bother me that much. And the creature design was fabulous. Ditto costumes, ditto ships. Uh, a huge fan of Turning Red, including the music. And God damn it, that boy band was shut out of the Academy Award. Uh, I, I loved all their songs, and I would have died to see <laughs> the band performing at the Academy. Oh, but the song um, I wanted to get nominated got nominated. We'll talk about that soon. Um, so, mm. but uh, the only film I haven't seen on this list is Puss in Boots. I've seen all the others. So, oh, I haven't seen it yet either. But what I've seen of it online, I really liked. And the re- reviews I've been reading all say not what you expect from a, a Shrek knockoff. It's actually good. No, it's actually good. Uh, uh, Puss in Boots, wish. The Last Wish. Oh, Puss in Boots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. My, 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 my evil genius liked the sea beast. We watched it together this summer when they came to visit me. Right on. Um, and uh, honestly, though. And Marcel, the show with shoes on, is just ridiculously cute. It really oh my is. God. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, coming up as well. Uh, but I want to say something about Pinocchio. I found that movie rather disturbing. Oh, yes. I, I, In a good I, way. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, <laughs> I felt really, really funky watching that movie. I didn't like Pinocchio was freaky character. All the characters... Like Geppetto is borderline abusive. Uh, I was just what? like, I was like freaking out through the whole movie. It was definitely no. the, t- taking out the Disney uh, Pleasure Island scene. It was definitely the darkest Pinocchio we've gotten. Yeah, yep. that's the thing. It wasn't even like, and that scene was cut out, and it was still freaky. And that's my favorite section <laughs> of Pleasure Island. We didn't get to see a cool transformation into a 
cool donkey. That would have been awesome. But, you know. But, you um, know, we did in the horrible Disney live action, and uh, it yeah. actually ended up being the best part of a very disappointing movie. How does Disney mess up its own effing property, yo? Especially I the know. one that put them on the map. I mean, everyone knew right? it was the second, their second film. And, and, I mean, Snow White was the attention getter, but the one that solidified their their awesomeness was Pinocchio. Everyone went Back in the day, in the Great the Depression, or, or just after, you could not find an effing house in America that had a piano that didn't have sheet music for When You Wish Upon a Star. It was a effing blockbuster. It was the first movie song to just blanket the whole country. And it's it's like you guys are saying, it's Disney legacy. And I love Tom Hanks normally, but oof, no. He he really... (laughs) did a number this year, and that number is two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> both Pinocchio, and sing I don't it, know sister, what sing it. Colonel Parker was and Elvis, but it was like, yeah. what movie are you in, and was it directed by the Farrelly brothers, and do you realize Fair. that your prosthetics are melting off your face, and that that accent mm. is so inconsistent, it doesn't actually exist. What is going on? <laughs> Thank you. Move on. I, I, sure. I stared clear of it. I really did. I was just like, I, I'm not <laughs> going to put myself through that. Um, yeah. And I, when, I also put myself through a lot of bad Disney, and I just wasn't about to do that. And I'm definitely when, not going to watch the Boz Lerman movie with the bad Tom Hanks performance. No fucking way am I yeah. going to do that to myself. Uh, life is too fucking short for bo- bad Boz Lerman movies, <laughs> even though I know a lot of people that really loved Elvis, but I'm still skeptical. No, I've there's never... lots of good things about Elvis. Um, if you want to hear a really think... scary thing is that um, Baz says that he's got another four hours in the can. Oh, God. I'm not kidding. <laughs> is everything is awful. And then Austin Butler compared to everything is the only redeemable thing about the movie. But if the movie oh, was good, career. if the directing editing was good, if the cast was better, if everything was a good movie, he would probably be just average. But because Tell everything us how you else really was feel. so fucking terrible, <laughs> he seemed elevated above it all. It's not, no, uh, it's not all how you look at it. It's what? like... <laughs> No, no. I don't know. Like, so actually, let me ask you, Raven. Did Elvis make your this. top? Ten? Elvis didn't make your top ten, did it? No, it didn't mm. make my top Jeez. ten. <laughs> <laughs> that was that wasn't a burn. That was a cremation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but deserve it on a number of levels. I liked okay, it. Well, it didn't make my top ten, but yeah, no, fair <laughs> points. Uh, speaking of Elvis. Uh, Raven, can you say anything positive about the cinematography? Because it was nominated for our next category, uh, cinematography. It's hard to tell because the editing really undoes what the cinematography looked like it was set up to do. And um, it's one of those things where just because a lot of stuff is happening doesn't mean that it's good. Uh, hmm. So I think that it was 
in much like how editing gets best editing just because there's a lot of it. There's a lot of really pretty things and really nice framing, and it often gets messed up by really bizarre timelines and editing. So um, in my opinion, it wouldn't have been one of the strongest for cinematography, but I can see why it's there. Okay. Um, There's some pretty strong um, competition in this. Uh, Tar is up. The immortal Roger Dinkins is up for Emperor Light. Mm -hmm. Um, The German film All's Quiet on the Western Front, which also got a surprise nomination for Best Picture, um, is up for it. But then there's a film I have never heard of before on this list. Bardo, False Chronicle of the Handful of Truth. Yes. Great. You know about this. Yeah. It's the same guy that directed Birdman. Oh, and okay. um and so it's a it's got a bunch of actors that I've never heard of before and they're all amazing. Um it's a surreal film about a documentary filmmaker and journalist who's like going through an existential crisis. Um uh, it's done in like a really cool theatrical absurdist way, although the style is way more um amazing than the substance to me. It didn't make my list, but it it was popping on and off um between the honorable mention for me. Cool. Mm-hmm. I believe it's on So um Let's keep going because we're going to blow through this so we can get to our own because our own lists are more important than these lists ultimately because we're the fans. Uh, but um, <laughs> costumes is okay this year. I'm a little bit disappointed. Uh, there's some obvious ones on there like Babylon and Elvis. Um, what kind of forever uh-huh. got a nom- it got a nomination and then everything everywhere all at once. I don't know if everything everywhere all at once is going to win this. I would hope that they would make up possibly. Uh but um yeah. I I'm not sure. I think it's a pretty open field on this one. And almost oh, anyone no. can get it. It's gonna be Babylon, I, isn't it? I'm telling you right now, no, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Oh, you think it, oh, cause it's gorgeous it's couture. Yeah, they won last year for Corella mm-hmm. Deville and uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's gorgeous stuff, and if costume designers are voting on costumes, they're going to love a film about costumes, right? Yeah, oh, that's true. So I guess you're right. That's about making. I would put money. Dress. I forgot. You're right. No, I would you, put money I, on I, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Mm-hmm. I would go All to right. Vegas right now and put money down. <laughs> All right, here's the big one. Um, we've got some big names in here. Um, the direction. Todd Field, Steven Spielberg, and Mark mm. McDowell are all nominated. Um, not their first time, um, I believe. Maybe Todd Field. No, Todd Field's been nominated before, too. Uh, however, you also have, running up the rear, you have Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinhardt from uh, Everything Yay. in the World All at Once, which is a delightful Yay. nomination. And then the Triangle of Sadness comes in behind everything with Ruben Ostlund. So, uh, you know, and everyone was really surprised. Uh, supposedly, it got a huge gap that his name was on the list when they read the nominations. I, of all the best picture films I haven't seen yet, and I haven't seen quite a few of them, actually, uh, Triangle Sand- hmm. Sadness is the highest on my list. So, Did it win uh, a Palm d'Or? Did it win a Palm d'Or? I don't know. 
I've that's what I'm wondering. I, I know they went totally nutso over it um, at, at the, the Khan Festival, and it got amazing uh, <laughs> standing ovations and people throwing up watching it. So, uh, that's always it's, good. It's, right? Um, but, you know, the other thing we're not talking about is zero female directors. Just how many yeah. years after Year of the Woman? Mm. Well, yeah, how many are even able to get projects? It's still so hard yeah. to even get a female's name on a project. Um, Boy, how do you? Oh, frick. And there, there's so many great ones working right now. There's so many more trying to get work right now. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, directing is a, right now a old white man's game. And the only thing that's going to change it is the fact that they can't be old forever. And I think that once this generation, this Scorsese generation um, and 70s macho male directives kind of dies out, I think that we're going to get more Bigelow's. Um, I I read something really interesting online, too. Uh, a, A screenwriter was talking about how, I forget he said 97% or something of all the uh, nominations for best original writing as well as best adapted were done also by the directors. So you got to be both if the Academy is going to take you seriously, I guess, on one level. Uh, You are Mm -hmm. right, Karen. Uh, It did win the Palme d'Or. It also won the the Artist Award, the CST Artist Technical Prize Award. Yeah, so, yeah. You, you so, can't count that shit out. No, that does can't. have a bit of an effect. And it got nominated for three BAFTAs. Also, it didn't win any, but it got nominated. So it's been doing. It's got fifty-eight well, nom- nineteen wins out of fifty-eight it, nominations. That's actually pretty good. If it, so, if it didn't take a BAFTA, then I would guess that it's not going to take Best Director at the Academy Awards. More than likely, it passed not. its prologue. Yeah. I'm actually not really sure who's going to win this one, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, there's a sentimental part of everyone that wants Steven Spielberg to win because he got kind of fucked over for West Side Story in many ways. But, mm. um, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not the first time he's been fucked over by the Academy. Uh, I, I watched yeah. the day that, 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 that year when he got snubbed for the color purple and out of Africa won everything. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? This makes no sense. <laughs> anyway, all right, so I'm not going to go over documentaries. I don't know if I've seen any of these documentaries, to be honest with you. And usually I've at least seen one. Uh, I'm trying to like, documentary. Yeah, I have hardly seen anything documentary-wise. I used to all the time at the National Archives because we hosted the Oscar nominees there. Um, and I, so I got to see all the documentary features and all the animated and live action and documentary shorts for free. That was awesome. I don't get that anymore. Navalny uh, is great, and it's on HBO. And uh, being a political junkie, as you know I am, I fucking loved it. And Fire of Love might have made it onto my top ten, so we'll talk about that later. Okay, cool. Um, film editing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The Boz Lerman movie that just got totally an ass handed to him because of the editing <laughs> by our, our Enchantress of Nevermore is up for editing. So I'm sure that's not what we're going to um, 
Paul Rogers is for everything, everywhere, all at once, and I kind of want him to get it. So Top Gun Maverick is yeah. probably a front runner for this award, yeah. would I guess, whether we like it or not. And we don't. And we don't. Yes, now, okay, hear me out. Oaks Quiet on the Western <laughs> Front is nominated for Best Picture, so it's probably going to win International Feature. However, there's a film on this list that people love more than that one. And I don't know. It might be a surprise upset win. And it's the movie called EO. And it's been on a lot of people's time. That's the, that's the, the donkey movie. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's like a but I missed it. And it's been getting such really cool reviews. It yeah, looks very I, interesting. I'm so pleased to see it there. Um, and I, I, I really need to see this movie. Uh, but, you know, I, <laughs> it would be an interesting, like, upset for it to win. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, it also oh, it's a dark horse donkey film. Yeah, that might be. <laughs> All right, so makeup, war I movie. Clerks, I thought Clerks Two was yeah. a donkey movie. That is a donkey movie, but it's not that donkey movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, but you know what? RRR made history with the nomination for the song, but somehow doesn't end up on best international feature nominee. What? Right, and also like Cashmere Files, a lot of people are talking about if you're going to talk about Bollywood and a fictionalized version of a historical account that just yeah kicks everybody's ass. Like there, real a lot of people on the message boards uh, about Bollywood right now are like, where the hell is the Cashmere Files at the Oscars? Because our mm-hmm. our uh, doesn't mean as much to us <laughs> as what Cashmere Files has done. <laughs> um, so. You know, I, I only found a file without English subtitles, so I haven't been able to watch it yet because it's in Tamil. But I, I've heard really good things. Let's talk about RRR hmm. later. Um, but I want to tell you not to, not to, to see that on live on stage. I cannot fucking wait. I hope they don't cut it. I'd be so <laughs> mad because I, that's all right I on. cared about. That's all I care about. I was like, I just want to see them do not do not do on stage because in the movie, it's not just a normal dance off that you get in these hot oh, no. movies. Actually, this is a Tonga Long movie, but uh, uh, it's uh, it's a production off. <laughs> That's the only way to explain it. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing. I I I love, and it's my it's my choice for best song. I want it to fucking win. Yeah. Um, you know, I want it to win, and I want everywhere all at once to win score uh, of those five. There were better scores this year, and that the menu is not here. What the fuck? Um, you know, remember yeah, that the you... menu, no horror at all was nominated this year. None. I'm so pissed. Crazy. The menu was shut out. Nope was shut out. Um, uh, was yeah, the one that's with the bullshit. Pugue, uh, come was it don't worry darling was shut out even though there's yeah. some issues with that movie um bones and all was shut out and that's got timothy chalamet in it who they practically print oscars for um you know <laughs> you know it, it, okay it, but before it, we leave songs i uh-huh. wanted to do two quick things on songs one uh tay tay being snubbed uh even though that was a great song. And um, even though I'm normally a huge Lady Gaga fan, Hold My Hand. It's an awful song, right? No, it's not for me. 
Um, and especially, I, you know, compared to take my breath away. Uh, what? Mm, miss. It's the problem with the remake. You're always going to compare it to what it's oh, not. Oh, good point. And, and I know? consider myself, you know, one of Mama Monster's biggest fans. But, yeah, that was not it. You know, it's funny. It's yeah. almost all the nominations, with the exception of Not to Not to and This in Life, the, the other three, applause, hold my hand, lift me up, are whiny females singing sad songs. <laughs> uh, right. You know, it, it's, it, you know, Not to Not to is the only one that's got some, like, beat to it, too, because This is Life is it's it's a cool a song. It's just, but, but Not to Not to is like, yeah, nah, you know, you, you can't not, not want to dance when you hear it. So, uh, as far as as far as ahead, music David. in movies this year, I do want to say, and of course, everyone's going, yeah, of course, you'd mention that one. Terrifier 2 had my favorite score of the year. Like, that, that okay. whole sense thing that they were doing, that it's outstanding. It was that, pretty like, cool retro take stuff it, take going it on. Out, take, completely take it out of that movie if you want to, because you know, you know, if, if, it's got the horror stigma. It's just a beautiful score. So I just, I just right want to throw that out while we're talking about uh, movie music. I, I, you know, I can't disagree with that. I thought the I thought the Terrifier two score was pretty note perfect. That it, there were some actually really good synth scores overall this year because a lot of films were being taking place in the eighties and nineties to get rid of cell phones. So we had some really good synth scores mm. this year. So uh, that's how they figured it out. So last but not least, and then we're going to switch to our own top ten because we're almost to the second hour. Don't worry, I've had enough time for our countdown. <laughs> um, we're to the finally to Best Picture, the ten nominees themselves. All mm. quite on the Western front. Avatar, The Weight of Water, The Banshees of Insurance, Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fableman, yeah. Star, and Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and then bringing up the year's woman talking. Uh, so, so here we are. Any surprises on this list? Um, I don't know what the woman is. <laughs> uh, that's um, Sarah, Sarah Polly directed that film. That's all I really know about it. It has a banging cast though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know when it's set, but it's set in a religious community who's dealing with uh, men who have assaulted and raped uh, the female congregants of this religious community, and the women are getting together to decide what to do about it, and their options are basically forgive the men or leave the community because they don't have forgiveness in their hearts and da-da-da. That's and not super triggering on like seven different levels. I don't think I'd be a good match for that film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a hard one to watch. I, I know. But I believe it's based like on said, a got true good story people. also. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely I think so, too. Yeah. So, so it, Sarah, Sarah Polly is super talented, though. So, you know, I, I'm glad to see it was nominated. Even though she didn't get nominated for best, you know, once again, no uh, women yeah, as director. Yeah, where the hell is that? Sarah Polly probably deserves a nominee. But, you know, didn't Campion win last year after, what, how many years since the piano? Uh, it, it'll happen. Was that the year of the women? Did they I feel obligated because it was year of the women? I guess so. Mm. I don't know. Um, so, Damn uh, Academy. You know, 
I really want them to give this to everything everywhere all at once. I'm going to wait Yay. to decide if they do. And I'm going to wait and see what the um, PGA and the GGA say, because I always make my predictions based on their wins. So, and I do think because I do think if we see everything everywhere all at once, win the SAG for best ensemble cast, which they're up for, which is the big one in SAG, we'll see the, them clean up in the acting nods um, at Oscar. Mm. So that would be the, the litmus test for that. Because we'll at least see Michelle Yao well, and, and Short Round win, for sure. Uh, one of them will. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really uh, hoping they don't give it to Kate Blanchett. She already has it. Like I said, I love Kate Blanchett. I have no issues. She's a great, awesome person, and she's a geek like us. But uh, Michelle Yao... Times icon of the Amen. reason. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know. So, anyway, March I don't. I don't know how much. Uh, I don't know how much Golden Globes are a factor, but Best Picture Drama was Fableman's winner, and Best Picture Musical Comedy because they split the two was uh, Van Cheese and, and Sharon. Yeah. About how often it matches? About half the time. Yeah, Gold mm, Globes aren't really a good litmus test of who wins uh-huh. what. Sometimes it's no, good those, for, are, those are purchased. Yeah, those are completely different wins. Uh, and uh, you know, I always go by what who wins the SAG, who wins the, the Writers Guild Award, the Directors Guild, and producer. And those four usually are an indicator of what the Academy is gonna do. Uh, so those are what I always pay attention to. And after those come out, I make my my final prediction. So. You'll see that mm. in March, um, but we'll come back to it later. Any final thoughts on on the Oscars? Yes. The go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Make up in here, Eileen. Number one, <laughs> please, 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 please be two different categories. Academy, they're two different departments. I hate that every too. Ever been. Number two. And Academy, I, I can't say this enough times, Academy. Where the fuck is the best stunt person award? Stunt here, coordinator. Here. God damn it. We need a, a here, like I said, Kane Hodder deserves his lifetime achievement Oscar for his stunt coordinating. Get on it, Academy. So, yeah. Okay. Um, also, there you go. Um, I had a lot of problems with Blonde, but I'm really supply, surprised that it's not nominated for costume design or hair or makeup, um, oh. especially when All Quiet on the Western Front has makeup and hair, and I'm really confused as to why I think they like the practical effects. But um, The Oscars know, love I mean, war I'm, movies. Usually right. they're nominated for sound, but they gave that to Maverick. Yeah. The Maverick movie, so. Yeah. Anyway, mm. uh, remember, there are so many different departments within that world, and it's a disservice to the teams that work so hard to make these people look amazing. Um, and uh, I wish they would all get a nod. But <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> <sighs> well, but, you know, can't make everybody happy, and they're never going to make us happy. Uh, even though we're the, their <laughs> audience, we constantly watch them, even though they every year less and less ratings. So, But we're still here. We're, we're still here mm. loving movies. Might be not the movies that you want to promote, Academy, but we love movies nonetheless. And every once in a while, we agree. Parasite was one of those times. 
everything everywhere all mm. at once could be one of those times again. Give Michelle Yao an Oscar. Mm. Anyway, that's all. That's my last talk. Thank you for my TED talk. Anyway, <laughs> do we want to take a piss break and then come back, or do we want to just roll sure. right in? Everybody. <laughs> If you're asking, right. I feel like you need one. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I don't really need one, but I need to go to the other room for a minute. So I'm going to put on applause, which is Diane Warren's uh, nomination for uh, Tell It Like a Woman. And um, we'll come back. I'm not, I, if I'm taking a break, just if you're listening and you've been here for this long, which I have no idea if you have been, uh, I usually only take hmm. about a minute or two of the song, but just long enough. And uh, you guys ping me when you're back online. We'll see you in about eh, a couple minutes. Listen to Applause by Diane Warren. Here we go. Recognize who you are sometimes. I know it's so hard for you to shine. You're a supernova, superstar.
back. And once again, yeah, most of the Best Picture nominees sounded like that. Some sad woman hmm. singing, including Lady Gaga song. Uh, so, hey, you know, so we need, uh, I'm going to play just to clean the palette at the end of this. I'm playing not to not to as we go out tonight because we got to, I, I, I want to put as much mojo into that as I can. So, but we have our own thing to deal with. So here we go. It's the best time of the year. It's not Christmas time. It's list. It's the end of listomania. And we're going to read our best favorite movies of 2022. So this is a sexy witch round robin. And I do it for various topics. But how this works is that every single one of us has made a top ten, as most people do this time of year, of their favorite films of 2022. You're allowed two ties and two honorable mentions. And... We are not going to read the old top ten. We're going to start at five and work our way down to one. And we're going to take turns doing that. Now, question. What happens if, um, let's say, I have said a film and then the next person had it on their list, too? We've already discussed yeah. it. Oh, oh, no. Well, if, you, if, <laughs> if, you're, if your one has already been taken, you can go down lower on your list, the ten through six. Or the two honorable mentions, um, or you can take it and just make something up. But you can bring something else you want to talk about mm-hmm. to the surface and talk about right. that instead. Because almost always the number one is revealed before we even get to it. And the point oh, is, yeah. we want to we we, we, we want to make sure that all all sorts of different types of films are represented. And this it it, it works. Catch with it. So. We're going to do this in order. I always end end it. So let's start. Let's see. Let's go. Raven, Nathan, Aaron, and then me. How's that? Perfect. Very. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. So that puts Raven in the hot seat. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so Raven. Are you ready to expose yourself to the world and let people know (laughs) your favorite? No one told me it was this kind of show. I'm not wearing a shirt right now, just so you know. Nice. Oh, my God. I'm going to avert my eyes. I'm not wearing a shirt, and I'm actually wearing a a padlock and a chain right now. All right, like you do. Yeah, I know. Kinky, right? All right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I kind of like it. That's all good. We, we, bunch of, we bunch of freaks on this show. Well, you know, I am a sexy <laughs> bitch after all. You know, uh, you know every, every, every person has to go a little gnashy every once in a while. Uh, hmm. so, but anyway, so Raven, as we get off topic, let's go ahead and start <laughs> with your number five. My number five? Um... I'm sure is on many other lists or menus, if you will. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, I yeah, my number five is the menu, and it it was a little. Uh, I had an internal struggle with it a little bit because, as far as an eat the rich movie goes, um, it's not my favorite of that genre, and it also kind of undermines its own um you know its own 
meaning when it's a multi-billion or million dollar project with people who in one day make more money than I've ever had in my entire life. But that's Hmm. also kind of meta. (laughs) So I appreciate that too. But um, aesthetically, it couldn't be more pleasing. It is delicious. The captions are wonderful. Thank you. Hmm. And the acting is very interesting. There's very interesting choices. Um, and it held my attention very well, which is hard to do uh, with my PTSD symptoms lately. I actually, often, if one movie starts to feel slow or boring, I'll put a second one on my laptop and watch two at once. I didn't have to do that with the menu. <laughs> it held my attention mm. as its own film. Um, <laughs> and it is something a little different from the, the typical fare, if you will. Uh, nice. It didn't make my top five, but it is on my list at number nine, and it's tied with another film, which I'm holding out in case I need to call it up. But um, you're right about it visually. I think the cinematography is some of the best of the year. Um, I also right. thought that um, Joseph, I mean, Ray Fiennes is just phenomenal as always. Uh, yeah. he's, I've been a fan of his for so long. They just rules in this. Anya Taylor-Joy, like Jennifer Ortega, had one of those years where she was just on fire. Um, you know, and she what is this really well. Yeah, juicy, juicy role for her to play, as well as a juicy burger. Um, um, and, and like I said, it was my favorite score of the year, and I was really surprised it didn't get nominated. Wow. Yeah, mm. yeah I had a great score. Mm. What Nathan thought with me? What did you think? I, you like the menu. I know it's on your list too, right? <laughs> the menu actually was also my number five. Nice, oh, nice. Oh. I'm a, I'm, a bi- I'm a big fan of the premise of a good ensemble cast. Put them in one location and just watch the scenery chewing commence. And right. yeah. this, <laughs> this movie this is- did exactly that to yeah. a T. I agree. Yeah, I, I personally thought, like, all of the performances are great. I love the – I really like the, the kind of the twist at the end. I like what it I, – I, I don't feel that it betrays its own premise. I think it kind of has to sacrifice itself on that altar to make the premise work, if that makes sense. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, but, like – and – uh, John Leguizamo. I haven't seen him in anything in a long time, and he was outstanding in that movie. Yeah, he was good. He was a list. Yeah, and it was just, a great ensemble. It really was. Just the acting that that is what you know the the Ten Little Indians model. Just get everyone together and just mm. you know give yeah. them a story and let them go. But lifeboat, you know, movies like that where you just you have one location, these actors. Let's see what they do. The menu really was outstanding. Is the- the best of the it'll probably end up being like the best of the COVID era movies because it is a COVID movie. Everyone, mm-hmm. right? It you know, represents the year very well. Yeah, so that that I think that that might come into play because I you know I was looking and seeing there's a couple COVID uh, era movies on my list. There's gonna and I think Nathan's right. We're gonna have classes teach about the films during COVID. You know, it's gonna be its own subgenre. Mm-hmm. So, uh, right. uh, films, you know, so, uh, anything else you want to say about menu Raven before we move to Nathan? 
and he gets to pick um, a different film. Let's see. It's streaming right now on HBO, and check it out. You know, like <laughs> even if you're not a genre person, I feel like it's great for whether or not you're into big movies or if you're into like indie films and weird shit. There's something for everyone in a very odd way, um, but it's it's worth the price of admission, even like getting a trial for HBO. Excellent. So, all right, Nathan. So, Raven, actually, it happened. She had your number five. So, that means mm-hmm. you get to pull from lower on your list or one of your honorable mentions. Ooh, all right. I'm going to... I'm actually going to pull from lower on my list. I'm going to use one of my ties. And this is a tie that I've entitled, Why the Fuck Is No One Else Talking About These Movies? Because these are two movies I watch that I don't hear any buzz about, and I don't get it. One you actually uh, mentioned earlier was Glorious. Yes. <laughs> Glorious is outstanding. It's, 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 they didn't show the monster, and I'm not pissed. That's about the hmm. – like, that's saying something in and of itself. But they, they managed to do cosmic horror on a COVID movie scale which is right. such a fine. feat. And it's, yeah. it is, yeah, that, that's exactly the word for it. It is super smart filmmaking. And yeah. I absolutely love that movie. And the other one I have in my, why is no one else talking about this one, is a movie called Who Invited Them? Oh, I've been wanting to see that. Anybody on this one? I thought. No. Man, it's basically, I think, like, Cheap Thrills meets Funny Games. Okay. Where, wherein there's a, there's a couple who throw a party, and once everyone's left, they think everyone's gone, but they realize that there's a couple that has remained in the house with them, and we'll just say hijinks ensue. And <laughs> it's, it's on Shutter. Go check it out. I have no idea why I have not heard anyone else mention this film, as I absolutely had a ball watching this flick. I've only seen personal friends comment how great it is. I haven't seen many, like, even in the horror groups I'm in, not many people are talking about it. Like, I'm very excited for it. And it's another one where it's the same director and writer. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I feel like it's Mm. very – very unfairly flew under a lot of people's radar. So I'd like like to. Awesome. Awesome. I can't wait to discuss it on a future episode. Yes. Josh Hall had something to do with glorious. He was on our show talking about slap face uh, Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, So, so shout out and Rebecca McKendry, who I've been trying on the show for years. um, And I've met at Texas Frightmare. She works for uh, Bloomhouse. Uh, that was by far her best direction she's ever given. Um, yep. Both, I, both, I, both yeah, of those movies are currently available on Shutter. So Glorious is uh, awesome, and it, and it's canon. And Ryan Quital from True Blood, uh, he's adorable in it. Yeah. Uh, always adorable. Like he's absolutely like uh, you know he's great they, in this movie. Go ahead. Do they allow him to be Australian or is he American? I think he's American. I don't actually remember. Okay. But yes, I, just I have love heard his, his natural accent oh, his, so well. His real accent is so amazing. 
It's like yeah. the guy that played House, and I heard his accent for the first time. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Oh my God! You are. I was like, um, okay. I, I thought I'm, you were hot I'm very before. offended oh. by the people that didn't that didn't show you Black Adder before House. Uh, <laughs> actually, I did see it, but I didn't register it was him. Oh, with, that's, with, fair. that's fair. With Glorious, we've also mm-hmm. got the wonderful, wonderful J.K. Simmons as the voice I of an Eldritch Lovecraftian so god. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's really, and it's such a that's good awesome. performance. It doesn't, you you know, it, you, the breaking the rule, never see your monster, let alone you can't even see the actor's face, and yet we, it, it totally works. Like, it, the execution is so good on that. Um, it made my horror top ten. It did not make my regular top ten. Where was that ranked, Nathan, hmm. on your on your top ten? Uh, that tie was sitting at number eight. Number eight. Okay, excellent. Um, so let's move to Aaron with your number five. My number five is a tie between Weird, the Al Yankovic yes. story. <laughs> That's on my list. And... That's my number eight. Oh, right on. And uh nice. The terrible weight of massive talent. <laughs> That's my first honorable huh. mention. <laughs> <laughs> See, I loved both of these comedies, and they both made me laugh out loud, and they might be the only comedies that really did. Uh, Weird is kind of like a, a series of funny or die sketches, so I'm not sure <laughs> it all hangs together as one movie. And we don't give a fuck. Sure it, it was awesome just <laughs> as it was. Dude, the party. Uh, the unbearable. The party. Oh, my okay. God. Oh, my God. You this was going to be a polka party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I could watch it again right now. I really honestly could. Um, ditto the unbearable weight of massive talent, which – you better be a fucking Nicolas Cage, or I'm sorry, Nicolas fucking motherfucking Cage fan going into it, or you will not have fun. But if you, you are, you will not have a good time. <laughs> thank you. But if you are, it's so silly, so over the top. God damn, so good. Nicholas, he's now Nicholas motherfucking Cage. This is official motherfucking. <laughs> He's for now a three minutes of, cage. He fell with John motherfucking Saxon and Sam motherfucking Jackson. God I, damn, I'm I'm glad to see it. That's why I actually had weird also tied with another comedy from this year. Nice. Which I, had, was my, I had it paired with Beavis and Butthead do the universe. That's oh, my number nice. nine. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, I I have weird at six. Ooh, good. So. Yeah, so very close. Everyone, wow, we're like really close this year. Uh, like I had the menu at number eight. Yeah. So, yeah, nice. no, wow. So uh, yeah. we're kind of in agreement. We just have them all shuffled. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, weird is, I hope it kills the musical biopic dead because I, 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 I hate the musical biopic so much. And I thought weird. I just hate what it's become. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, and 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 Weird just nailed it all the way through. Like it is exactly yeah. how I felt watching Bohemian Rhapsody. Watching Weird was how accurate Bohemian Rhapsody felt. Um, yeah, no, just like oh, on a I, second level, it was 100%. so rewarding. It's I like, hate it. Yep. I the more I sit on Bohemian Rhapsody, the more I hate it. 
Same. Actually. Oh, well, I already it, hated it in the first place, but yeah. I, I I hated it so much, and um, I still say to this day, the whole point of that movie is just because he just wanted to reshoot Live Aid. Yeah. So that was it. And, and, it, was it, it, and that was fine. Yeah. Just do that then. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. Yes. Stop. Stop. Oh, my God. I, 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 okay, Live Aid, the movie. I, at some point, <laughs> you still go, Raven, right? I will. <laughs> you, Raven, at some point, you and I are going to sit down and just rip that shit apart. But not today, because that's you not working. No. Let's we have did. a crematorium episode, and we're going to burn all the shit we hate. Uh, oh, we've never ooh. done that. I I'm in. Crematorium. Yeah. Let's go. Be careful. Forrest Gump might come into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ever win a best picture? Or Titanic? Ugh. Oh, that's bad. Okay, no, okay, good. We're, we're we're talking about the best, not the worst. All right, here we yeah. go. We'll come back to that later. Um, so okay, so are did everyone do their fives? Then are we are we to four? What's yours? Wait, what's yours? Oh, oh, my five is ah, my five was a very surprise. First of all, how high it ranked. But also, I was one of the best horror films of the year, and that was the mega slasher Terrifier 2. And yes. uh, there's a lot of reasons why I love this movie. Uh, first of all, my friends made it, <laughs> which is amazing. Like, you know, a few of those guys, they were vendors. They were in the convention circuit for a very long time. And uh, Uncle Creepy, Steve Barton, was on our show to close out season eight. And uh, Nathan and I have been corresponding with Steve Barton since the beginning of our blogging like 10 12 years now right long time yeah long fucking time so it was really great to have him on the show so thank you again steve for being on the show uh but the, the little punk people which their art is displayed in the movie by the way uh and their son Ooh. elliot fullman is one of the stars in the movie and justin fullman is the one doing the art and he's also working on the movie and uh it, it's amazing like like these people that were like vendors at conventions suddenly have this $250,000 film blow up to $11 million, mm. you know, with that going on. But it's really for the budget. It has everything you want in it. It has the, the, the amazing sense score we were already talking about. Um, Art the Clown is absolutely iconic as a horror, horror villain. Like, here, like, here. It, I called it. Um, yeah, you absolutely did. Um, and I know that Nathan's going to add to this. It's shot in uh, a real uh, walkthrough in Philadelphia uh, for most of it. So shout out to the dark walkthroughs. Hell yeah. Um, and some really cool, cheap locations. Like they got some really nice locations for not a lot of money. What money they did spend was on the practical effects, and they're fantastic. Um, there's absolutely over-the-top imagery, gore, some of the most sadistic murders you'll ever see in a movie. No, it's not for everybody. Um, it's not meant to be, but it's gloriously funny. Like, it is, it is the whole point of that movie is to make you laugh. And it, a lot of people are like, it's funny. It's hysterical. Terrifier 2 hmm. is the blackest of comedies you will ever see. And it, it's absolutely executed on, 
what what looks like it sits on a budget. It you know it looks like the budget was way more than than it was, and that's actually a compliment because when a indie film looks that on that micro budget level can do something that looks like it's a several million dollar picture, uh, they've succeeded. Uh, you know, and they got it into right they got it distributed. It overperformed on the same weekend that Black Adam underperformed. Uh, so, yeah. you know, uh, so at least, I, that's because half the people who bought tickets to see Black Adam were sneaking into Terrifier. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so I will honestly say that I know I'm kind of taking Nathan's thunder a little bit about this, but Nathan, I'm going to throw it out to you right after this. But I have to say, just to have something like this triumph, it deserves to be in my top 10, even if I didn't like everything I was seeing. And no, there was a few things I was like, yeah, okay. But I also appreciated how even if it got to me, <laughs> then it was ex- the, the execution was great, you know. And there's not a lot of jump scares, is there, Nathan? It's almost no, there's straight really up not. gore. It, it's just straight up throwing you horror. Tell me more about Terrifier 2 and why it's, where it is on your list and why is it so important. Uh, Terrifier 2 is number three on my list and is the number, my number one horror movie of the year. Um, I, there's nothing I don't love about this movie. (laughs) Like back in, oh God, I can't remember what exactly the year, but back when I first started doing Sons Celluloid, I reviewed a movie called All Hallows' Eve. It's an anthology movie. And Art the Clown was a character in the wraparound story. And I said in my review, this character has the most franchise, has the most potential to carry a franchise of any character created since the Firefly family. And lo and behold, here we are like eight years later, and it became the surprise hit of the year. Um, I love that you mentioned the comedy in it. Um, I will say the hardest I laughed in the theater this year was during Terrifier 2. And that's not just because I'm a sick fuck. That's because there was a couple of scenes that, yeah, I know. But there are genuinely some scenes that are hilarious in that movie. Um, And I just... I love the fact that I live at a time in cinema history where one of the surprise huge hits of the year was an almost two and a half hour gory as fuck balls to the wall slasher flick. So did we sell you on it? I added it to my queue. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, yeah. I've seen the first one. I haven't seen either. I actually haven't seen the first one, so I didn't fix that. Uh, but no, I, as a standalone film, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I didn't. You don't need to see the first one to enjoy this new one. Absolutely, there was a couple things I looked at Nathan and says, "Oh, that's from the first movie." Like, oh, okay, but it didn't matter. Like, yeah, it's one of those where you'll you'll get more Easter eggs and that kind of thing if you've seen the first one, but you it is not necessary to have seen the first one at all to enjoy this one. Oh, so. So yeah, I, I I I'm so glad. And you guys should catch up on it. You really should. Take your time. It's a long movie. I'm not saying it's not. I was like, am I really gonna watch this for two and a half hours? Yeah, it, it flew by. It was fine. So uh, you know, I'm not old yet. I can still kind of watch movie. And you know, and it's it's that you know, it's it's eighties film. So it's got that fun edit to it where it keeps your interest the whole time. So yeah. Anyway, go see Terrifier too. Uh, so and po- point, two- points. Points if you can spot the Chris Jericho cameo. Yeah, there is Chris Jericho, isn't it? The wrestler. Uh, Almost unrecognizable. <laughs> kind of. 
Anyway, <laughs> so um, where are we at? Okay, Raven, we're back to you, and it's your number four. Or you can pull My number your... four I watched today on Amazon Prime. I've been putting it off because I'm like, it's probably just like the TV show Vikings, which is like fine, but I've already seen one, seen them all, right? Uh-uh. uh-uh. The Northmen, uh-uh. 2022, no. girl. Oh, Get what? yourself some Skarsgård action oh, while yeah. it's hot. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Even if, <laughs> even if it was the worst freaking movie in the world, I'd still say to go see it because everyone's so hot in it. But thankfully, it's beautiful. It's amazing. There's natural lighting used with so many outdoor scenes. It's historically accurate it's religiously accurate <laughs> it is so beautiful um, and it and doesn't glamorize viking at all like no. they show them killing babies they are scary <laughs> ass guys they yeah. are wow it is just a bunch of mass murderers and um mm. but done <laughs> in such a beautiful way it, it really was fantastic. I'm so glad you liked it, Raven, because it's such a good movie. Yeah. You can, like, at the end of the day, if you're tired, you could just listen to it as, like, Viking ASMR, because there's beautiful, like, distant horns (laughs) all the time and amazing music. Like, wow, I just want to listen to this and take a nap. Pretty. And once again, Anya Taylor Joy kicking it, uh, being yes, amazing. Again. Uh, yeah. what, else, what else can we talk about this movie? Nicole Kidman looking the prettiest I've seen her in ages. Oh my God, she looked amazing. She looked the very much the queen she was in this movie, right? It was a yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Skarsgård. Karsgaard, come on. He was a Viking. Mm-hmm. We all, this is the role he was meant to play, and Robert yeah. Eggers is now two for three for me, I'm going to say, because I yeah. love The Witch, did not like yeah. Lighthouse, and then like this, and love this I movie. I like this Lighthouse. Is, <laughs> oh, no. I, I Lighthouse, I don't even want to go there. Uh, there are some things okay. about the <laughs> Lighthouse that there's some things about the well, I don't want to cremate it, but there there's some things about it that are good, but the things that are not really trump the things that are good for me <laughs> anyway. I, I I don't want to talk about Lighthouse because the Northmen more than makes up for it. Did either I know that Nathan didn't see it. Did, Aaron, did you see Northmen yet? No, it's on my list of things to see. Get on that shit. Okay. Seriously, it's that good. It's my number yeah, right one on. as well. We're tied, Raven. Tied. <laughs> so let's see. All Where's right. the Northman uh, on my list of things? Yeah, it's between uh, uh, Resurrection and Armageddon Time on the list of things that I have to see. Oh, uh, I would definitely see Northman before I saw Resurrection. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen both those movies. I will put that towards the top. Mm-hmm. All right, so that was your number four. Excellent. I actually have a tie at number four, so I still get to give a number four. So we'll move on to Nathan. What's your number four? I'm going to harness the energy of the cremation here for a moment. Hmm. 
because I'm actually pissed off that this movie is on my top ten list. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, this has happened to me before. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> one of one of kind of the stories of this year, as far as movies go, with me is filmmakers I don't like finally making a movie I do like. Uh, <laughs> one of those examples this year was not might be in the minority. I've not enjoyed Jordan Peele's stuff, but I enjoyed Nope. That one didn't make my list, but I dug it. It's the first thing he's done that I dug, and it was really good. But, hmm. but, and it, uh, I hate giving this director this high on my list, but uh, I'm going to have to go with X. Oh. Um, I see a lot of people putting Pearl above X, but the reason I picked X is because Pearl, to me, is a good movie because of Mia Goth's performance. Mm-hmm. X is a good movie with a great Mia Goth performance. Now, first of all, fuck Ty West. But um, ah. Ty West as a staff, as a record label, and as a motherfucking crew. But um, I, I have my reasons. We'll get into it later. But when I saw this movie... Like, he finally put it together. Like, something happened in this movie, as opposed to a lot of his flicks. Um, and it was... <laughs> what I And what I saw was... I, I was watching it, and I saw this days after my birthday. And I was feeling super old. And, and I'm sitting here watching And this movie is all about... You know, a lot of people have taken a lot of different things. Like, you know, it's all about the search for fame, all that. This movie is 100% about the terror of growing old and losing your youth. That has, and he really delves deep into it with some deep-ass metaphors. And it, this is one of the first movies I've seen in a long time that actually affected me. And I was like, wow, like this is making me think. And I looked it up, and Ty West was, had his 40th birthday on set. So we pretty much just watched Ty West's Midlife Crisis on film. Hmm. <laughs> which really informs the film, and you can tell this is a much more personal movie to him. And that, uh, everyone in it was amazing. Mia Goth, I mean, Jesus, what a year she had. And she plays two mm-hmm. great roles in this movie. And, I mean, this... Uh, I hate giving the props to Ty West, but fuck X was good. Yeah, that's my number four. <laughs> That's so I, weird because I – oh, go ahead. Go, no, no, Raven, go ahead. Oh, um, I can't stand Ty West. I can't stand X. I loved House hmm. of the Devil. I know, Liz, you hate it. I also really liked The Innkeepers and uh, the little bit he did on the ABCs of Death. But with X, I had a problem, and my only problem was the directing. Um. It was, he didn't trust his makeup team enough to do anything than put Mia Goth in the dark when she was in her mm-hmm. old age makeup. Uh, they, he used, you know, let's make it fuzzy, let's do this, instead of trusting the actress that can do it, trust your team. And then there's a lot of anachronisms that I still don't know if they're on purpose or if he's just a fucking idiot. Right. Someone's drinking out of a milk carton and there's a missing kid on the side. 
But if you're a true crime geek, you know the first case that made a milk carton kid happen didn't happen until October of 1984. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck is that happening in 1979 for? Are you telling me this is a surreal fantasy place? Or are you just a moron who doesn't know how to Google? I don't know. But Mia Goth was so good that it made me more mad at Ty West because she could have been even better. She is pulled back by him, and I haven't seen Pearl yet. I am looking forward to it for her, but I am not going for Ty West because he belongs in my crematorium. Okay, at, oh, some point, at, at some point, can Raven and I have our own special episode where we just bitch about Ty West the whole time? Oh, but you can't leave me out of the sacrament, because that movie... Oh, the, ex- the yeah, excrement. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me... Yeah, st- I, I bitch slapped someone over that movie. <laughs> I mean, Ty, wow. Ty, West, Ty West has... We, we have a love-to-hate relationship with Ty West in this world. Uh, and, remind yeah, me, uh, remind me sometime to tell you about how my old podcast got someone's ass kicked by Ty West. <laughs> oh my God! What? Wonderful. Yeah, no, we don't have time for that story right now. But you, you've told it before. I don't know if yeah, you ever told it on our show. I don't know if you have or not. Anyway, so yeah, fuck Ty West, but your movie is pretty. All right, Aaron. <laughs> what's, <laughs> Aaron, what's what's your number four? I'm still trying to, you know, actually come to grips with this last one. Uh, my number four <laughs> is the Batman, and the Batman. Um, it's probably yeah. I'm not sure it's going to be that popular with everyone, but it, it it was great on a number of levels. First off, it's great for what it wasn't, and what it wasn't is what it almost was, which was another bat flick, bat fleck. Thick, uh, flick, sorry, maybe the scotch is kicking in, uh, in the DC Extended Universe, and I'm I'm really glad it didn't become that. Uh, I read one review of the Batman that said uh, it was kind of as if Batman Bruce Wayne uh, were done as a Thomas Harris hero, and I really like that. Uh, that. That makes a whole lot of sense to me. Thomas Harris, of course, the author of uh, Silence of the Lambs and all of those. Uh, it's a lot closer to uh, comic book projects of the past. Um, it 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 pulls from Batman Year One, The Long Halloween, uh, Ego and Other Tales, and even if Robert Pattinson isn't your pal, and I can understand if he isn't, I think he does more than a yeoman's job of doing this particular Bruce Wayne Batman, which is not, thank God, an origin Batman, because we never need to see another fucking superhero origin story ever again, Hollywood. Um, But it's not him at the height of his powers either. It's what he's becoming. And it's darker on a number of levels. And uh, maybe the most horror story, Batman film so far, and I just fucking love it, and I can't wait to see it again. I disagree. It's two hours okay. and fifty-six minutes. First of all, um, <laughs> it's yeah, it, it's a little long in the tooth. 
uh, Robert Pattinson does fine. It is not a superhero movie. It's a detective noir, uh, like yeah. many of the Batman detective uh, uh, comics were. It's one of those. Um, yeah. But it's a situation where, you know, there's the certain roles, certain actors, and you go, I can't picture anybody else playing that. And for every single character, I can picture picture so many other people doing just as fine (laughs) anyone could have played batman anyone could have played selena kyle anyone could have played riddler i don't know what paul dano was doing half the time either too scared to say hey maybe have some consistency or he was too hands-on with dano and had him um his his riddler is a mess it's i don't think it's his fault though um, yeah, but I think it's supposed to be mess. I think he's in the world an incel fucking yeah, random him. guy. What? I, I, I was I saying, I think he's supposed to be a mess. Sorry. <laughs> no, that, I'm talking about the performance is a mess. It's inconsistent. Suddenly, he's starting with like, gee, let me ask if my mommy's home. I have a list on the side of my mouth for no apparent reason. And then suddenly it's gone. <laughs> and then it's back. Like, what What? I think he was fucking with everyone. I, I think the whole thing from start to finish was fucking with the world. I, I thought it was a, kind of the commentary as the, the incel as villain or supervillain. No, that's not the problem. No, no, no. I, I think you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I think she's talking the, about the actual delivery itself. I'm talking not... about the, yeah, the delivery. The acting was bad. Okay. <laughs> she, she thought, <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, okay. a wonderful actor who did yeah. a terrible job. Well, Raven okay. is and... fired up tonight. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Uh, I I didn't think so. I really enjoyed him and his part in it. I I think uh, it it took off on a number of different levels. Just when you thought you kind of plateaued with the character, it jumped up or jumped diagonally and went a different direction. And I didn't have a single problem with that. I also liked that the villain didn't take over the Batman story, which has been a flaw in past Batman films. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing what I they do with the next one that they're working on. I felt the I felt the exact opposite about Robert Pattinson that I did about Affleck. Like I could like Affleck was in my opinion a perfect Bruce Wayne, but I couldn't buy him as Batman. I thought Pattinson was surprisingly good as Batman, like really good, but I couldn't buy him as Bruce Wayne. My wife said the exact same thing, so there might be something to that. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. But this, but this was the interim Bruce Wayne and the interim Batman. He ain't what he's going to become. He is in the process of becoming it. Okay, I, I like that, I, but... I, I like the art direction in, in the new Batman movie. Yeah, it was very. They did their job. <laughs> I was telling Nathan that it's like the person took every, all his favorite buildings from every city he's ever seen and put them into Gotham. And, and he's not even <laughs> being subtle about it because the Oakland Tribune building in Oakland, California is in a shot. <laughs> Which is, it's so obviously the Oakland Tribune building. I was like, come on, Gotham is not Oakland. 
it's Chicago or New York. We all know that. Um, so the panel, which was war, um, you know, but, uh, I, I, I didn't make my top 10, but I, I, I'm in the middle between you and Raven on it. I think there's some things about it that are very good, but I think it is a bit too long. Uh, and, um, it doesn't really like have a lot to say. It gets kind of, yeah. it, it, it starts to get repetitive at, at the end of it, even though there's some halfway decent twists. I did like the, I mean, we've seen the whole collar exploding head thing before. Spoiler alert. But mm-hmm. I thought for a yeah. PG-13, was it PG-13? Right? Or was it yeah, R? Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. It was no, pretty no. good. It was a pretty good decapitation. So, you know, I, I thought that, the, you know, it ratcheted up the, 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 the shocks and violence was, was ratcheted up on this one. And I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, so it gave it more stakes. Um, you know, but... People got hurt. It takes a long like, time to do what it does. Yeah, and that's the only thing, you know. But but you know, I, hmm. I I'm open minded and I don't mind Robert Pattinson on the the cow no, again in the future. Uh, so uh, I I actually had two at number four. I said that I tied with uh, Raven for the Northman, which if you haven't seen it, go get on that. Uh, I also had my favorite folk horror film of the year at number four. And that was Hellbender. Um, Hellbender was a small, tiny little movie that's on Shutter. It's by the Adams family, and it's the real life mom and and daughter and the husband. Yeah, not that. And and the uh, director is their father. And they got they did it as they traveled around the country during COVID in a mobile home, and did it in various state national parks. And sometimes they would rent a house for a couple of days. And uh, there's a cast of like five or six, <laughs> very few. Uh, and usually mm-hmm. it's just the mom and the daughter. And it's a folk horror. It's about witches. It's about, there was a lot mm-hmm. of this year I was noticing about uh, moms and daughters, especially daughters coming of age. And I'm actually going through that myself now. My my evil genius is is 13 so i have a child coming of age in my house and uh the hatching did it uh was it the hellbender did it everything everywhere all at once did it uh you know it was a running theme in this year's movies that i happened to see it was like mother-daughter relationships was one of the big things and hellbender was one of the i just really enjoyed the fuck out of this movie the the, the micro budget how it was made the story of how it was made is almost better than the movie um there's they have a little rock band. It's so really cute. And there's some really terrifying, weird, cool effects that happen. And there's this whole thing about, once again, uh, you know, your daughter's going to try to eat you alive, uh, literally in this case. Uh, so uh, hmm. so I highly recommend Hellbender. Yeah. And, right um, if you've got Shudder anyway, you may as well watch the last drive-in version. And get the commentary Ooh. from Joe Bob because well, that's right. Like they say, do it. The the making of is way more interesting. I watched it for the first time the day before that episode, so I watched it two days in a row because <laughs> nice. I wanted to see the Joe Bob episode. Joe uh, Bob makes everything yeah, better. The, the making of is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. Nice and once again, I'm loving that these small, tiny little films or low-budget films just kind of blew up this year. Uh, it was really interesting mm-hmm. what became hits. And, 
You know, this was a small one, but it has made a few top ten lists on horror and on all-time lists. So uh, I'm really pleased for Hellbender and how well that movie was received. And the Addams Family, we can't wait to see what you do next. So one of the things, the thing about Hellbender, the the story behind the making of that movie is so cool that I almost wonder if I would like the movie as much if I didn't love the story of its creation so much. Maybe not, but who cares? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I mean, that like, I, I, it's one of those where I would buy the DVD to watch the special features. I probably wouldn't watch the movie again, but I would buy it to watch the special features about the making of that flick. See that? Right on. And again, another very COVID, COVID world movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Making filmmakers get more creative. I also I love just it. note it. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna mention it and move on. I'm not gonna talk about it, but unless it hits the list, um, <laughs> I was talking about mom-daughter relationships. Turning Red also had a mom-daughter relationship, and that, and that made my top ten. So uh, you know, um, <laughs> so I have three films on my list that are about mom-daughter relationships. Turning Red was my number nine with the Sea Beast. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. So, uh, Raven, number three. Let's do it. Number three. I feel like it's been forgotten already from a lot of best of the year lists, but maybe it's just the lists I'm looking at. Um, but, boy, howdy, was it so freaking cool to see a female Comanche warrior kick <laughs> right. the predator's ass in Prey, which is still streaming on Hulu. It came out in August, and um, I am so grateful to a dear friend of mine who is also who let me use her password to watch Prey. <laughs> I think I watched it three times in a row because it's so Damn. fun to watch, man. It is really captivating. It's tense. I absolutely give a crap um, about the main character. <laughs> And it was just really beautiful. It's pretty much all outdoors, um, which makes it more impressive to me. You've got to be much more careful with how your time is budgeted on set when you're outside because you can't control the sun. Um, And Mm. they did some amazing effects, some amazing kills, and just some wonderful acting and some great representation of the Comanche Nation. You're watching it with the Comanche language track is awesome. Yes. Yes. I highly recommend that too. Um, do both. <laughs> you know? I, I was enough. calling Prey is the movie if Disney Princess was in an R rated sci fi horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Like to the plot. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I wanted Pocahontas to be. You know, but yeah. what we got is like we ordered it on Wish. But she is a Disney princess because it was a Hulu-produced film, and they are owned by Disney. So she is there a Disney princess. Yeah. Can't so, wait to see uh, it. So <laughs> um, I, I would say it has the second best dog performance of the year in it. Yes. Yes. Very, very fine dog performance. And Jojo, good yep. boy. <laughs> yeah. My my favorite dog performance was from a small film called Run, Sweetheart, Run, which I think is also on Shutter. 
Is that right? Hmm. I think it's on Shutter. No, um, no, that that one that one I believe is on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Okay, right, yeah, it is. That's right. Thank you. Run, sweetheart, run, which is uh, you know uh, kind of a pseudo vampire movie, but um, that was a good flick too. It's actually pretty fun. It's like if Run, Roll, or Run had vampire chasing you. Um, it, but there's a but there's a dog performance in the movie towards the in the third act that's just phenomenal, and he wins this year. Uh, so that's uh, all I want to say. So watch it for the dog performance alone if you want to watch a cute little uh, okay. film. Didn't make my top ten, but Run, Sweetheart, Run had a lot going for it. Uh, so, but uh, Prey was very pretty movie too, I believe, Raven. Yeah. Absolutely, agree. And the Predator was scary for the first time since, right? Like the first one, the second one, like second, in, uh, second movie is good. I saw yeah, the theaters. I Predator was actually kind of scary for the first time in at least three movies. Yeah, yeah, agree. Well, he was almost being portrayed as a hero for a while. Possibly. Yeah. Oh, Are definitely in, in Alien versus Predator. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's, he, I, I always, like, always figured it must be, like, a rite of passage, right? They drop the person on the planet yep. and they go, they go find themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I think you're right. That, so, which he's is, not which a, is a bad guy. Which, which is a concept that a lot of Native American cultures shared. Yeah. Right. Was trial very by a hunt, so it, yeah. it's kind of a very interesting parallel between the predator and the hunt, the human hunter. Yeah, I don't think even Prey got any nominations at all, did it? No, not even for that's a not, not, a dro- not a drop of horror this year. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I thought for sure something was going to get in because it was just so much good. And yeah. a lot of critics were watching this show. Nope. So, right. No. What are you guys I, doing? I can't believe Nope was shut out. Yeah, I really can't believe Nope was shut out. Um, Nathan, yeah. what's your number three? All right, number three. I'm going to go with a movie, that another one that seems to have just slid under a bunch of uh, radars, a movie called Fresh. Uh, we had a lot of surprising amount of cannibalism in movies this year. Right. Yeah. But yeah. This was, oh, this one, I, I think, this one, I think probably did it best. Okay. You haven't seen it yet. So I will refrain <laughs> from giving any spoilers. Uh, oh, it stars, it stars Sebastian Stan. And hmm. th- there were a whole lot of, rich, middle-aged, good-looking, white dude antagonist this year. Like, all over <laughs> movies. Like, that, that's the villain of the year. And he's the best yep. out of the pack, by oh far. Oh, my God. He, he is so fucking hot in this movie, Raven. I'm not, e- I, I'm not even, like, I appreciate Sebastian Stan. I think he's a pretty man. But, oh, my God, is he on fire in the uh, And his... <laughs> And his performance, he may be hot, but his performance is chilling. He's terrified. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chilling. Yeah, chilling is good, too. That's a great Yeah, but no, he, he, he was too. excellent in that movie. We had some really good practical effects in that movie. Um, it got way darker than I thought it was going to in a lot of places. And it's it was a really cool flick. I really don't want to say any more because you don't need to go in knowing any more than that. But everyone needs to go watch Fresh. 
It's also uplifting as fuck. It's one of those few horror films where you actually feel good after you watch it. It's it's really unusual that way. So. I feel good after watching every horror movie. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> here, here. I'll drink to that. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Yes, yeah, fresh. I, I yeah, do watch it. It's good. And I ha- awesome. it has made a few top ten lists. I've been seeing it on a lot of horror lists. A lot of people have it there because it's just so good. Um, so, and uh, Aaron, what is your number three? I have a tie. I have <laughs> Riotsville, USA, and Fire of Love, uh, two okay. documentaries. Uh, Riotsville, USA is fucking amazing. Um, again, you know, I'm a political junkie. Uh, Riotsville, USA is a fake town that the military made on one of their bases out of plywood and what have you to fake war game riots. And that's really just a jumping off point for this documentary, which uses nothing but archival footage, a lot of it coming from the precursor to PBS. And it's a great soundtrack. Uh, The narration is spot on. Uh, it, It takes a point of view and backs it up. And it's really compelling as well as, has a lot to do with where we are today here in America and race relations and da da da. Fire of Love is uh, National Geographic. It's this French couple who uh, amazingly grew up mere miles away from each other, and uh, they both grew up to be volcanologists. And we start out with the day that they die. <gasps> together that, in a volcano that, that movie yeah oh. god damn it's good i saw some it, photography I, from that film is phenomenal you're not kidding and um it's got a really hip uh fun uh soundtrack with a lot of uh 60s 70s french pop but yeah what? they were kind of darlings of the scientific community and uh, the TV that dealt with that side. And I guess because volcanology was a burgeoning, just born field at the time, which I had no idea, but there you go. And it's really about them as people. And yeah, it's pretty, but it's also really affecting and touching. Oh, and they're both nominated for the Oscar. I don't know that Riotsville USA is, but it fucking should have been. And while we're on the subject, I'd like to talk about the antithesis of Riotsville USA, which is a documentary called The Automat, uh, currently available on HBO Max, which is a piece of – never mind. Um, <laughs> at one point in The Automat, uh, which talks it, – it, it's just a fucking masturbatory sort of uh, – dive into nostalgia and oh remember when there were water mats and da 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 um but at one point they talk about labor relations getting bad and they just go violence happened you know it, like a storm or something came up and it's just so much bullshit and it's the exact opposite 
of the scholarly research and archival genius of Riotsville, USA, and the automat is garbage and don't ever see it. And Riotsville, USA, and Fire of Love, you should absolutely see. Um, Fire of Love uh, on Disney Plus and Riotsville, USA, I think just came to Hulu. Ah, excellent. All right, cool. (laughs) There's another. uh, We're just burning films right and left tonight. Who knew we were so (laughs) angry? Sorry about that. It really did. It pissed me off. Uh, it was okay. it was your t- it was your turn. That's okay. Yeah, and, and <laughs> everyone you. else Thank had you. a rant. We've tonight. all we've all taken your... a turn with some hate tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we I went light. I could have gone so much harder. Oh my god. Oh man, we're gonna have to. That, that I think the idea of maybe just having a burn episode and just purging all this shit out <laughs> is is really a good idea. So Let's do it. all right. So number three, I am so delighted that I, I like this movie as much as I did. Um, I, I actually kind of dismissed it. I looked at the trailer, and I don't really like trailers very much. I usually don't watch them anymore. Uh, but it kind of like, I was like, all right. Uh, I kind of, nah, I don't know. It's a good trailer, but all right. So I, I got sick, like really sick, and it dropped on Peacock. Oh. So I put it on. And two-thirds of the way through the film, something happens, and it woke me right up, and I was like, well, that's something you don't see every day. And I actually ended up watching it two and a half more times in a row. Uh, And then I made Nathan watch it, too. Uh, So I ended up fucking loving this movie, and I am, once again, pissed the fuck off at the Academy about this, but... My number three film mm. of the year is Jordan Peele's Nope. And, um, mm. you know, I, I should have, I, I, he's now three for three for me. I have a, 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 a weird relationship with us, but I fucking love Get Out. But either way, I cannot not say that Jordan Peele isn't, he's got something going on. And he, it, this, this right film on. felt, but not only is it felt more mature, I think he's getting better at writing his commentary, commentating and not being so on the nose, yet being so over the top at the same time. Um, he's starting to embrace the genre more, which I think is great. There's truly horrific moments. and Nope. Um, and, uh, you know, it's got the best kill of the year. Absolutely. Hands down. Boom. Nope. No comparison to anything else this year. Uh, and, it's a statement on on media, on the obsession of getting the perfect shot, which all directors have, uh, about fame, about, uh, it, you know, and then on top of it, it's just a good old-fashioned monster movie. What else do you want in life? I mean, a good old-fashioned <laughs> monster movie in the theater making money. Hell the fuck yeah. And Dean Jacket is a weird monster, but I really dig it. So I'm not a cool with <laughs> um, I kind of like that that's his name. Uh, at first I was like, Jean Jacket. And then I was like, okay, I get it, Jean Jacket. All right. He's, and, and, you know, there's this speculation of what the monster actually is in Nope is. And some people actually think it's a, it's, it's a, a, it's a, it's a, not an alien, but it's actually a stratospheric creature, something that lives up very, very high in our stratosphere. So we don't really see them because, you know, we're noisy and smelly and they can see and hear us. And that's also why it floats the way it does. 
And that actually makes some sense in the film when if you watch its behavior. But there's going to be speculation of what actually the creature is. I don't know if Norm Peel actually said what he, he based it on, but it's basically Jaws in the motherfucking sky. Uh, so uh, I really like that movie. Damn. That was my... It? Go ahead. It was my t- tied for number seven for me. Ah. Nice. With what? With what? With Banshees. Oh, nice. Okay. And Aaron, you haven't seen it yet. No, it's on my list. Get on that shit. That's like two movies now. You have to. You you you. Missed. I, I've got a good list going. I've got Glorious, who invited them. The Northman, Hellbender, Prey, Run, Sweetheart, Run. Oh, Run, Sweetheart, Run, and Fresh. That's a good marathon right there. That's a hell of a festival, man. Can we go to your house? I want. Like, I'll, I'll Let's bring, do it. I'll bring, I make a fucking cake. great cheese plate. I'm not even kidding. Oh, oh we're, we're all about the cheese. We are about to go to Louisiana this weekend, but we bought some road trip food, and I got some double uh, double Gloucester cheddar today, and I got some uh, Adagio olive oil rosemary. It's like, (laughs) yeah, so, I mean, I'm like, I'm going to eat some cheese. Anyway, <laughs> um, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Um, let's see. So I, uh, I really love this movie, and I'm really pissed off that it didn't get anything. I mean, cinematographer, he, he's way famous. I forget. I can't think of what he did. He's a Western director, and you can tell that the cinematography is hmm, so great right. in this movie. Um, and now the only biggest complaint I will say is there's not enough Keith David in the movie. Can you ever really I have agree. enough Keith David? No, not really. No, but, there. You, <laughs> but, but you really don't have enough Keith David in this movie. But that, the yeah. cinematographer is Hoyt van Hoytenema, and he's a Swiss-born <laughs> Dutch-Swedish cinematographer. Yeah, he's done something famous, though, right? Let the Right One In, The Fighter, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah. Her, Let the Right Spectre. One In is a beautiful movie. Ad Astra, mm-hmm. yeah, it fucking was. So not even a nod for him, and you can see his quality of his work. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just laying it out there, okay? You want to talk about snubs of the year? I think Nope was the snub of the year above and below the line. Mm. So mm. Um, anyway, uh, let's move on. <laughs> I can talk about how this is. Number we we have about twenty minutes. Number two. Ooh. Number two. Need the plow. My turn, right? Yes. yes. Me. Yeah. You. You, Raven. You. For the second time in a top five, I have a David Bowie documentary. Oh, mm. nice. Fuck yeah. Moon Age Daydream, twenty twenty two. Fuck yeah. Um. What is it called? It is Moon Age Daydream. Adding it to my list. It nice. Playing, I think you'll especially enjoy Nathan, it. it was playing for weeks at the at the plaza. I pointed it out to you every time we walked by the poster. Well, I have stuff to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm sure. You can also rent it on Redbox or Apple TV right now. Um, I'm not sure how... The, the run was kind of limited in the first place. Um, I think the main... Yeah run was in September. This 
this documentary does a really good job at letting Bowie speak for himself. It's archival. It's not narrated. Um, there's, but it's pieced together in a really smart way. And there's a lot of opportunity for uh, Bowie to talk about his queerness in a way that I don't think has been put together quite yet. It gets highlighted in the films, but I just, as as a queer mo myself, who was once just entirely obsessed with Bowie, um, this is probably my favorite piece that represents him the most clearly and thoroughly. It's also just beautiful. It's not only archival footage. There is some animation in it uh, that's Ooh. new. And there's also footage that's never been seen before. So oh, at wow. the very least, you know, it's not going to be, I wonder which parts I've seen before. There'll be that. But there will at least be parts that you have never seen. And I really appreciate that in um, music documentaries as well. So it's it's done really well. I think it's a good compliment to the last five years, which was really talking about the deconstruction of Bowie and uh, what he did to prepare for death. And Moon Age Daydream was what he did pre- to prepare to be himself and why he needed to create Ziggy Stardust, what he felt that he needed to. And... Um, you know, how he expressed his queerness in music and um, how it affected and inspired many other people. Uh, yeah, 10 stars. See it now. Yay. Yay, I still Huzzah. need to see it, um, but I really wanted to, but Huzzah. we didn't get, didn't get around to it. It made a lot of people's best list, and a lot of people are saying it's like one of the best music documentaries of all time. Yeah, it's it, kind of and I'm a huge it, fucking Bowie fan. And it wasn't yeah. Weren't we, we calling for the death of the music documentary <laughs> a little while? No, the musical. <laughs> no, 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 no biopic. 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 That's right. Okay. My bad. Totally My different. Bad. Totally different. And by the way, there is a David Bowie biopic that came out, which is really terrible. This was two years ago, though, and um. I can't remember what. Oh, it has the same name as like a really good movie, Stardust. And <laughs> the oh, Ron, wow. Like David Bowie's manager, and it's when Bowie is touring in the USA. It's awful. Anyway, I'll send you the link. Don't watch it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Yay, the burning continues. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm handing you the marshmallow stick. All right. All right. Number two. You got well, talking stick, apparently. I am pretty <laughs> sure my number one and two are going to come up on someone else's. So I'm going to use this opportunity to use a tie to take a couple of movies from the lower reaches of my uh, list that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, number one, I want to talk about Barbarian. Nice. Which oh, was an outstanding flick. And what I love most about this movie is I watched the trailer and when I did, I was like, oh, I know what this movie is. Oh, yeah, it looks all right. I'll just check it out. And then everything in that trailer happened in the first half hour of the movie. And yep. then I was right. like, oh, oh, shit, I have no idea where this is going now. And that is mm-hmm. a rarity in movies these days. With, yeah. uh, that, that was really cool. And the other one, I want to throw some love Hellraiser's way. Oh. I, re- I really dug the new Hellraiser. And 
it's funny. I don't hear a lot of people talk about it, which in with the Hellraiser series is almost a good thing. Cause that means they're not saying anything <laughs> bad about it. Cause we have been playing <laughs> bad Hellraiser movies for so damn long, but you mean like after the first one? No. Second. But After everything up to Bloodline is worth watching. Mm, but well, <laughs> three, three, maybe half a three. Anyway, we can go. We can go into that later. But um, yeah, this movie, I love what they did with the lore, and that they didn't try and reinvent the wheel. They just added to it. And this mm. isn't giving away too much. <laughs> yeah, this isn't giving away too much. What I like the most is they re- the additions to the lore. They really focused on the box itself yeah. as an object and giving it new meanings and new capabilities and new new aspects uh, that it really hasn't played with before but totally fit into Clive Barker's vision of it and I think it was really done well um on a personal note I like seeing Dave Bruckner do well cuz the pride of South Gwinnett High School me too but mm-hmm. he, he he was a senior when I was a freshman so we never got to meet but he Hometown boy done well. I'm glad to see it. But, yeah, Hellraiser was a lot. And the designs of the new Cenobites, awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awesome. And yeah, I've, been, I've been a uh, – I, I was one of those people who kind of didn't want to see someone else play Pinhead because it was so associated with Doug Bradley. And sure. I, I cannot remember the name who played Pinhead in this one. Oh, my God. But what they what, – um, Thank you. But, oh what no. they, but what they did that was lesson. so smart, they completely did not try to be Doug Bradley as Pinhead. Yeah. They were – it was their own interpretation of Pinhead, which was very in line with the original book. And like, I think Hellraiser was an excellent uh, addition to the series that has had so many horrible additions. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Could have been worse. All right, Aaron, we got to blow through this. Number two. That's what she said. (laughs) Ah, Uh Pinocchio, uh, Guillermo del Toro's, as we talked about previously, uh, the maestro uh, takes a tale and adds some spin to it and makes it darker and gives it more depth than it previously had and I love it start to finish and I wish that the song would do better with the Academy but I, I you know it's too French I think for them but uh, the animation is gorgeous and the story is perfect um, no notes okay it's almost too perfect the anime the stop animation but uh, uh, but I'll, I'll get into stop animation at, at number one uh, so we'll get back to that. So um, yeah, my number two, yeah, my my number two we've already talked about a lot, and it's um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I just I had the most fun fun in the theaters watching it. Um, there there were like two or th- I saw three multiverse films this year, and that was this by far was my favorite. Playing with that idea. Uh, Michelle, obviously the acting and everything I've been yelling about how I love this movie. Um, 
And I do. I absolutely love this movie. And in and in the middle of it, there's the story of a mom and daughter that has grown apart, and how they find each other. And it's 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 kind of moving. Like like have, yeah. there's. I highly recommend the Cinema Sins episode of of this. Everything wrong with everything everywhere all at once which also happens to be their 1,000th episode on CinemaSins, which is amazing on YouTube. So congratulations huh. on that. Um, it's brilliant. It's absolutely one of the best. See the movie first, but then watch the short. It is so good. So highly recommend that. So I wanted to add that, how, how much I enjoyed the 1,000th uh, episode of CinemaSins. And apparently Jamie C. Lee Curtis has seen CinemaSins because they have her – uh, uh, they keep dropping this clip of her going, I love CinemaSins. <laughs> so it is awesome. <laughs> uh, so, um, so that's my number two. And uh, Raven, I, have, go, uh, what? Did you want to I actually, I had that one. That one was my number one. That's, that's number my one. number one. Too. That was my that's number one. Number yeah. I, when, I, when we saw that movie, I had been in a place, I'd pretty much been watching classics. I hadn't seen anything new that had really grabbed me for a while. I was kind of meh. And it, like, blew me away and in a real way, like, really got me watching new movies again. Mm-hmm. It did that so, for me, too. I had kind of given up on things, like, really only just binging for this specific show every year. It's the only reason I watch movies that came out in the past year, unless they're on Shudder. And um, I'm uh, not disappointed, you know? Like, I... I guess I was turning old and crotchety a bit, and now I'm just crotchety. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, Erin, uh, yeah. did you want to? Erin, do you have it in your top two also? Number one. It, it, yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's beautiful. Oh, I love. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I think. And really you know what? Like, way tie for number two. I don't think that's ever happened with us before. <laughs> no, I, I, we all had the same movie in our top two. Yeah, that's insane. Weird. That says a lot for that movie. Now, yeah. there's, there's been years where two of us have had the number one film, like Hereditary, two at it. Well, three out of four mm-hmm. of us had it in our top mm-hmm. number one film of the year. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, no, that was a really close one. And the only reason why mine's at number two because there was a film that I loved even more and it, it had a lot of meaning to me also but for different reasons completely um but so um yeah and we don't mm-hmm. have to say more about it obviously we love this film and if you haven't seen it yet go see it for six dollars <laughs> please please yeah. go see it for six dollars it's worth more than Amen. it is and i never knew that watching a rock with googly eyes would make me cry i never knew <laughs> So here we yeah. are. Natalie and I bought it on but, Blu-ray. I think it's maybe the only 2022 film so far that we bought on Blu-ray. Uh, excellent. So, uh, so everyone had number one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give my number one, and then what I'm going to do is we're going to do one more round, and you can pick anything you want off your list. All right. Okay. All right. So my number yep. one was Mad God, the uh, the nice. uh, Phil Tibbet my movie. My number two. It, it just yep. ever so slightly squeaked out um, over everything, everywhere, all at once, only because of the accomplishment of him actually getting that movie done. 
you know, yeah. uh, starting it in the best year for film ever, 1987, and taking that long to get here, to get in theater. Thank you, Shudder, for distribution. Oh, my God. Shudder is yeah. amazing. They gave it a small theatrical release, and I got to see it in the theater. That was amazing. And, uh, they, made, and they made it the ghoul log this year. Yeah, and then their cute little ghoul log <laughs> on, on Shudder was, was done by Full Pivot Studios, and it was so cute. Um, the movie is brutal, gorgeous. It's weird, super weird. Disgusting. Bleak. Absolutely bleak as hell. Um, Desolate. Uh, but it, the decay is gorgeous, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And, and every once in a while, they throw you a slight sliver of hope, only to completely dash it again. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great film. It's not necessarily an easy watch. Uh, I'll never say it's an easy watch. It's not. Um, it, it is, is not the feel-good hit of the year. <laughs> no. It, it's immersive, though. I highly recommend, even if you are at home alone, turn off all the lights and just have the, have the screen on. Um, it, yeah. It's one of those films that you just need to bring, wash over you because there's no dialogue in the movie. You have, it, it, it really relies on the audience's participation in their own, what they're bringing to it and what they're interpreting it as. Um, but, yeah, it is a religious allegory, every way, shape, and form. It's an anti-war film. It's about betrayal. Assass- you know, there's all these really weird little themes going on all through it, and yet it's completely abstract, and everyone's going to take something away from it. Uh, and how weird and cool that we have a movie like that in the theater. And I wanted to give a shout out that not mm-hmm. only was that, and it was stop animation. That was four films, four films this year in the theaters that animation um, releases. We had Mad God, we had Marcel the shell with shoes on, we had uh, yeah, and we had Pinocchio. And then we had Wendell yep. and Wild, who we had on the show, the storyboard mm-hmm. artist. Um, oh, so so, so it, that's what I think is the most encouraging. We got to see a lot of stop animation in 2022. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a triumph because, you know, they're, knowing that there's people that love Ray Harryhausen as much as I do and they're actually making movies is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right, so we're going to do one more round. You can talk about anything you, we missed or you wanted, you wanted to talk about and didn't get a chance to, and then uh, we will uh, uh, sign off for the night. Right on time, guys. Congratulations. Nice. We're just that good. All right. Well, let me tell you about a little honorable mention because it surprised the hell out of me. If you told me two weeks ago I would ever have a Bigfoot documentary on a top ten list, Ooh. I would say maybe that's a hint that I have been kidnapped and I'm trying to give you a message. <laughs> However, a flash of beauty, colon, Bigfoot Revealed is the title, directed <laughs> by Rex. Eichenberger, who's actually an acquaintance of mine in the Portland film and theater scene. He had posted on Facebook, like, hey, my movie's getting cool comments, and it, like, screenshot one of them. And I go to the trailer on YouTube, and all the comments 
it's not friends, man. It's just like random people going like, I was a skeptic, and this is the best documentary I've seen. I don't mean the best Bigfoot documentary I've seen. I mean the best documentary I've seen. <laughs> like, what is going on? And it's Why streaming not? on Tubi. It's also streaming on Crackle, but I prefer Tubi because Crackle has the same two commercials every five seconds, whereas Tubi has them like every five minutes. Tubi's and, a gold mine. Right? So Amen. Oh, my is God. Really, really great. Um, and one of the things it did for me is make me a believer because what I was believing not to be true earlier is not the same thing that these guys are talking about. And what they're talking about is something akin to, you know, how we had giant mountain gorillas that we didn't discover until last year. <laughs> they're like 3,000 pounds. And we're like, oh, yeah, these have always been here, and there's thousands of them, and no one knew. And so um, really what it is, firsthand accounts, um, interviews, there's no, there's no, like, does he exist? Let's go find him. It's not yes or no. The, the documentary is yes, he exists, and here's the people who have seen him, and here's what this animal actually probably is, and it's probably not as supernatural as what you've been told. However, it does have a very supernatural history because it's so hmm. ingrained with the native folklore especially in, um, this was filmed in mostly Portland uh, and, and the Northwest, but it does talk about sightings in um, Florida and some in, you know, the Midwest. Uh, but it's mostly California and Oregon focused, but they have linguists on it. They have some very interesting record. They, they talk about all the evidence so far, what it means, what we've been told it means and and what it probably actually means. And in my opinion now, I really think there is some sort of, uh, I don't know if I go as far as hominid, but I I do think that there is a primate that we're unaware of um, in the science. It it hasn't been found yet, but I think there is something primate-y out there (laughs) that just hasn't been identified yet. Um, And that's really what that is. Don't get technical on me, primate-y. But, well, hey, I'm saying it changed my mind, though, and that's pretty interesting. <laughs> so, I'm right. throwing it yeah. on my list. You've convinced me. Nathan, yeah, number I'm, I'm fucking throwing yeah. it on the list right now. You had yeah, me at Bigfoot. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I did. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nathan, under four minutes. Go. All right. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I want to mention one first that just missed but that I wish could have been one of my honorable mentions. Because if it was 20 minutes longer, it would have been in my top three. Because it would have qualified mm-hmm. as a feature film, and that's Werewolf by Night. And uh, I'm I'm kind of pissed off that it wasn't long enough to be a feature, so I could put it on my top ten. So mm-hmm. since since on my you know top two, Mad God and um, everything everywhere all at once got mentioned, I'm going to mention a movie that is um, kind of a personal thing because I have a whole lot of friends that worked on it. And that was the Adult Swim Yule Log, yes. also known as the Fireplace. 
Um, like yeah. a, a lot of my friends in the local filmmaking, you know, Yay. industry did a lot of hard work on that. And I, I've been hearing about the project they were doing for a long time before it ever came out. And I'm not going to say a word about the plot because it, it, it is best yeah. to just go in completely cold. Uh, it's it available is. on HBO Max. Uh, it's, I'm not sure if it's at, under Adult Swim Yule Log or The Fireplace on there, but either way, go watch that shit. Word. And it is great. That is the same plot as Barbarian. Anyway, all right. Uh, Aaron, you you are up. Quick, bring us home. Right. Okay, so um, uh, a couple really quick things. Uh, yeah, I'm really sad that Werewolf by Night wasn't long enough and that we didn't get a chance to discuss Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because Marvel Horror kicked ass this year. In yes. addition to Morbius, but that'll be a different show, obviously. Um, the cremation <laughs> episode. <laughs> right, that's what um, I was going to say. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the, the first three-fourths of – never mind. Um, I'm going to throw it to a comic book movie that's a sequel that's better than the original, and it's not going to be making anyone's best of list, but it was hella fun. And it's R.I.P.D. 2 – Rise okay. of the Damned, huh. uh, the original starred Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges, and it was Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges being Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges and lots of special effects, and it wasn't any big deal. The comic book's a lot more fun than the movie was. The second one, R.I.P.D. 2, Rise of the Damned, much closer to the comic book, hell of a lot of fun. Jeffrey Donovan, burn notice, uh, great to see him back, and Richard motherfucking break, which yes. maybe not his name yet, but fucking should be, um, is an amazing villain. Yet again, you'll probably remember him as Mr. Big in Bingo Hell from from the Madness a few years back when we all watched Bingo yeah. Hell, and he was the best yeah. thing in that fun movie. Um, Richard Brake should be in fucking everything And it's set in the Old West And if you've seen the first R.E.P.D. You know that uh, cops and soldiers Once they die Get sent back to Earth to take out Dettos Basically demons And that's all you need to know It's fun And uh, on that note R.E.P.D. 2 And we we close out 2022 (laughs) We'll We'll come back to it uh, right around Oscar time, either to make our predictions or, or recap, so depending on dates and uh, other people. We are not going to come back for a couple weeks, though. Our next show will not be until at least February 15th. Uh, that is because next week uh, we are going to New Orleans to the Chewbacca Parade. And we're going to, uh, Nathan and I are going to do that. We're going to give a recap of that. And we're also, the following Wednesday, going to see John Waters' Christmas, which was postponed. And, and they actually rescheduled it. So we'll have a recap of both of those things when we come back, I believe, on February 15th, the day after. Uh, that'll be the day after Valentine's Day and the anniversary of my divorce, motherfuckers. So uh, we'll have to make that a drinking party game or something. (coughs) Or maybe that's the burn day. Ooh, maybe that's when we just burn some things. Get really drunk and burn some shit. Ooh. Anyway. Sounds like my kind of party. Yeah. So anyway, we're on that note. This was a fun 
I'm really glad we had very close top 10 list this year. Like all yeah. of us were very, very close. It's kind of amazing which films we agreed on. And I'm going to leave everyone tonight with Natu Natu from RRR. Thank you, Raven, Aaron, and Nathan. Thank you, any listeners, if you're still with us. And thank you for making all those lovely, lovely movies out there. We will still keep watching them as long as you keep making them. So we love y'all. And so good night, everyone. Good film hunting and blessing be. And uh, we'll have a beignet for you somewhere in uh, in uh, the French Quarter. And think of think of all the flowers. No, I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, <laughs> good night, everyone. Not to, not to. Not salsa, not flamenco, my brother. Do you know? Not to. What is not to? Polam got to dumulo na pot la gitta duki na to polera majata ralo pota raju gina to kiru te pole to kori karra samure dinga to marri to to dino na kurra gumpu kori na to yarra jonna rattelo na mira patoku galbi na to na pata zudo na pata zudo na pata zudo na to na to na to na to na to na to pila na to 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 pura na to.